When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Brent Martineau. You see him every day on CBS 47, Fox 30, Action Sports Jacks. Austin Lane. He's a former Jag star and current MMA fighter. Broadcasting live from the Anna Jar and Levine studio. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Oh, what a day in Jacksonville. Beautiful outside. We've got a big-time ball game here in the Jacksonville area. Great baseball this week from St. John's County to right here at the Bowl School. We'll tell you all about it. Very unusual when you get uh, maybe three players that could be drafted in the Major League Baseball draft and pretty high. You get a potentially two first-rounders going against each other today here at the Bowl School. So we are live at a baseball game that starts at 4 o'clock. We'll have some fun with that. Big story in Jacksonville today. Austin Lane skates with the Jacksonville Iceman. No, that's not the big story. The big story, <laughs> the state of the franchise for the Jacksonville Jaguars. But we predicted the schedule yesterday, too. The schedule is out. We'll have to get our thoughts on the schedule and what we think the Jaguars will do, wins and losses-wise. I think a lot of perception is it's a very difficult schedule. Hey, folks, this just in. The NFL is hard every single week. I don't care who it looks like, what it looks like. If you think it's easy, it's never easy. You win games, you should lose. You lose games, you should win. It's the way the NFL works, so don't get carried away with, oh my gosh, that's so hard. Now, roading away and how things line up certainly do play a factor. Coming off the state of the franchise today, Shad Khan talks for the first time in quite a long time. What do you have to say about the football team? What they have to say, the Jaguars, in teaming up with the city of Jacksonville, and they're trying to do downtown, and a lot J could be closer than ever to happening and if you've ever listened to me talk about it, I'm a big fan of that happening in downtown Jacksonville. And I think what Mark Lamping said today was a big thing. The time is now. And I said it yesterday at the end of our show. The next three to five to seven years are critical for downtown Jacksonville. They've got a billionaire, a guy with a vision, and they've got politics kind of in place. I think they have to get stuff done right now in the city of Jacksonville. So we'll actually go beyond the sports spectrum because I think it's so important to sports and everybody that lives in Jacksonville talking a little bit about the state of the franchise. We won't bore you with numbers. We know what those are. But we will talk a little bit about Lot J. And what about a new stadium potentially in downtown Jacksonville? How soon do they need that or a significant remodel? The seed was planted today by Mark Lamping and the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I'll tell you how it was planted and what it means overall for the Jags. All right, let's get back to the Iceman, though, quick. You did skate for the second day in a row. It's 80-something Got degrees in Jacksonville, and mm-hmm. you put the skates on from the old Wisconsin days. Yeah, put the skates on a little bit, had a stick, had a puck, had a little fun. And have uh, a new job. Well, I'm, I'm waiting to hear if I actually oh. got the job. Uh, they haven't posted it yet. I'm waiting to hear. Um, I think the interview went good and everything, but uh, fingers crossed because tonight there is a home playoff game, and I would like to be a part of that, but 
I'm not sure if I met the requirements yet or not. Ah, we'll have to uh, check in on that. Jacksonville Iceman, my playoff beard is growing strong. Looking not good, as man. strong as yours, yeah, but well, it's growing. Yeah. And the, J- uh, the Jacksonville Iceman are home tonight. First playoff hockey in Jacksonville in two decades. We wish the Iceman luck. We'll talk a little bit about it. They're down two to nothing. Seven o'clock start. Our show will be on the road at the arena tomorrow for game four of that first round series in the ECHL. So we've got a lot to talk about. Brent Martineau, Austin Lane here at the Bowl School on a beautiful day. Providence and Bowls playing some baseball with some really good talent. We don't appreciate and talk enough about the baseball talent in Jacksonville. We'll do a little bit of that today. Let's go backwards before we go forwards. The schedule comes out last night. Mm. You're a former player. Yeah. You look at that schedule. And inside that Jags locker room, inside their hotel rooms, inside wherever they live now in the River City, what was the reaction, do you think, to the schedule last night when it came out at 8 o'clock? I think the first question would have been, regardless of who the players are, I'm sure they're looking to see if they have a game where, where they grew up whatever. Second question, primetime games. Uh, you check the primetime games, and there's one. And go ahead, Brent, and color me shocked. The Tennessee Titans for, I don't know, the 20th time in a row, primetime, Thursday night. Can't wait, man. It's, it seems to be the narrative of the past decade or two decades of the Tennessee Titans. But at least at least the game's going to be in Jacksonville. That is the plus. But, That's a um, big plus, by I the way. I don't know. I told but, you that yesterday. I said if you go on the road in Thursday night football, if you go on the road, it is the biggest disadvantage you can have in the NFL is to go on the road on a Thursday night game. I don't care if you're playing some peewee team from Nashville instead of the Titans. It is the biggest disadvantage. That's a huge advantage for the Jags. Probably the most favorable thing on their schedule this year is at their home. But like, and It's kind of like you mentioned yesterday. There are so many more possibilities for a primetime game. The Panthers would have been fantastic. I Two teams it. celebrating their 25th anniversary. How can't you sell that to people? I, I don't get you know? it. Well, 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 did you walk in the offices like, hey, you know what's really going to gear up the ratings? Another Titans-Jaguars barn burner, what we've been seeing in the past, you know, 10 years. But whatever, man. I, 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 it is what it is. Uh, I'm not going to spend too much time on it. But I will. I, okay, well, you go ahead and spend some more time on it. But I think we should maybe, like, uh, see, I hate saying this. Cause buy tickets, get down there, stay to the franchise type of day. But, like, we got to do something to tell the NFL we don't want this game anymore. America you know? doesn't I mean, want the game, We bro. don't want the game. And here's the problem in the AFC South. Let's sit and ask yourself this question, Jacksonville Jaguars fans. What AFC South game does get you excited? The Titans are a rival, but they've now ticked you off, and the Jags can't seem to beat them, and you don't want to see them on Thursday night again, and you know the game's going to be 17-13, to 13, an old slobber knocker, and everybody's going to play physical football. They're going to run the ball 40 times, and that's the way it's going to be. That's just the way it is. It's the way that team's built. They're going to muddy it up. The Houston Texans... Again, you come back and tell me all the riveting Houston Texan Jaguar games we've had over the years. And I'm talking riveting. Down to the wire. Big we've had a lot of stuff on the line between they those have two players, teams. Brent. But yeah, they have players, they have but stars. the games have just not been good. It doesn't excite me. Houston doesn't excite people around here. And then I do think the one is Indy. Indy the Jags have played well against, so it gets fans going. Andrew Luck against this defense, up and coming Indianapolis after what they did last year. I think that one has a little yeah. bit of an appeal to me and, and maybe football fans around. But you say it's not exciting around here. You need to think with a bigger picture. No, this I is, know. This is Thursday Night Football. This is prime time. This is the whole country tuning in. So, I figure before you can appeal to the rest of the nation, you got to at least appeal to your own city. <laughs> I guess. But from that perspective, though, from, from you know all across the country, people want to tune in and watch Deshaun Watson. They want to tune in and watch uh, Hopkins. You know what I mean? J.J. Watt. And J.J. Watt as well. And even on, on the Colts, I mean, Andrew Luck, I think, is an intriguing player. 
maybe a little bit T.Y. Hilton, but besides that, not a lot of Colts are moving the needle. But then you talk about the Tennessee Titans. Who's moving the needle from the Tennessee Titans? I, I think Mar- I mean, Mariota's been the most overrated quarterback. Derrick Henry? I like I, I, Derrick Henry, but the rest well, of the world doesn't necessarily care about Derrick Henry. Yeah. Uh, Mike Fantasy Vrabel football players love Derrick Henry, but <laughs> I mean, that's about it. But, yeah, they don't have a lot. I mean, now maybe something happens in the draft that makes some of these games more appealing. I'm with you. I, I think it's not easy, but when you had the potential storylines, and, and I didn't dissect everybody else's schedule last night, but Kansas City's playing some primetime games. New Orleans will play some primetime games. So there will be better appealing games for the executives. And keep in mind, NBC, ABC, and ESPN – Fox, they have a big say in this. They do. They say, I want that game or I want this game, and then they kind of work things out. And they're not grabbing the Jags game. But I still think if I'm an executive that I know I have to put the Jags on Thursday night football, well, why wouldn't I get rid of the Titans and Jags for a fifth out of six, five times out of six years and put them against like what you said in the Carolina and Cam Newton? You can have fun with that. 25 years of the Jags, 25 years of the Panthers. That's a good storyline. That's at least a, what is the storyline in the Titans-Jags games? I, I don't get it. What is it? And let me ask you this. I'm not sure if it's just the fact that you and I are living in a bubble with Nick Foles' colored glasses on, but I was under the impression that there was a little hype going around the Jaguars this season. There, there, there's a little um, people that want to tune in and view what, what they're all about. I mean, listen, the, the Browns got four primetime games this season. Which is also ridiculous. By the way, the, get me on the train oh, for the Browns to disappoint, okay? I'm not done either. The Vikings got five. What, what, why do the Vikings get five primetime games? Just because of Kirk Cousins? Is well, it because of the... Is it because of the... Well, Theo and Diggs, I guess, but is it because of celebrations in the end zone? Is that what people are tuning in to watch? Yeah, I don't uh, get the five. I don't and, get and that. And then the Seahawks get five as well. Well, Seahawks, I do get it. I get how do you How do you get that? You get, R- Russell Wilson is the game changer? He He's the moneymaker, Brent? Uh, oh, well, well he's he, he the moneymaker, <laughs> but he, he's the guy that's moving the needle okay. right now? Uh, out, of, out of the teams you just mentioned, when yeah. you said... Now, Cleveland... By the way, Cleveland has a lot of appeal. But if I'm an exec, and and actually, if you look at the way they built this thing, the Browns are playing three times in the first, I think, five weeks. Maybe it's four weeks, but five weeks on prime time. And you know what they're saying? We don't believe in you late in the year, man. (laughs) We know there's going to be some fun around Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham and Freddie Kitchens and all this, but we're not sure if it's going to stay. And so it's a smart move by the execs to say, let's get them front-loaded. Same thing with the Jags, right? Let's get them front-loaded in that game against – that's the one saving grace. At least it's early, so you don't really know what the teams are going to be like. But listen, between computer simulations – what the executives want. I'm not sitting here saying I'm surprised the Jags didn't get a Monday night game or a Sunday night game or they didn't, they're not on three times. I'm not surprised at that. I think you have to earn that. They're on 4 o'clock a few times. Uh, but I just don't understand why anybody in their right mind that carves out a primetime schedule like you and like so many here in Jacksonville today, and I know you're not really disagreeing with me, would want to see the Titans and Jags. Well, so there's a disconnect somewhere in the NFL offices and us. And I think even in Nashville, they're like, really? Again? Here's what I don't get, though. Like You mentioned you have to earn those games. Well, do you have to earn them? Because the Jaguars went to the AFC Championship game and only got one primetime game the well, next two. year. So, Oh, two, and then one guy flexed out. Yeah. I mean, but they got did, the Vikings, nighter, game? Five game? But did, did, did the Vikings earn five games? But the Vikings earn five games? So it's point. like, you can't say we well, got to earn it. It's just... I don't know if it's just uh, you have to know the right people, you have to pay the right prices, but for whatever reason, and 
I guess after last season I can get it, but I don't get the Vikings getting five games. Well, it is a matchup, I really by the don't. way. And I don't, you, I'd have to look. I didn't see the Minnesota schedule, so I'd have to see who they're playing. But mm-hmm. if they're playing Aaron Rodgers twice in prime time, makes sense. If they're, yeah. you know, if they're facing the Chicago Bears, makes sense. If they're facing the Patriots or the Browns or whoever else. You know, I get the Browns thing, and I want to ask you this a little bit later on. Does Freddie Kitchens seriously have one of the most difficult jobs the NFL has seen in recent years? I'll ask you that. Talk about that a little bit later on. But let's go to the state of the franchise next. If you're just catching up, we'll fill you in. What did Shad Khan have to say about the football team? What about this year coming up? And what about what's to come with the Jags in downtown? Plus a little Gator Bowl news that we shared a few weeks back. We'll update that with some more information from the team coming up next on ESPN 690. Action Sports Jacks on the road again, live from the bowl school for a big-time baseball game. First pitch at 4 o'clock. And here we are, Jacksonville honoring our 25th season. And with the continued support of our fans and partners, combined with the realization of our vision for downtown, 25 years from now, we're still going to be here bigger and better. There is Jaguars owner Shad Khan this morning at the State of the Franchise 2019. Think about it, go back to 2012 now since Shad Khan has owned the Jacksonville Jaguars. They've done some fantastic things in that time frame, not always on the field, off the field, in the city, and the stadium, and they highlighted a lot of those things. They also highlighted a lot of their problems uh, here in Jacksonville because of a smaller market. I thought Mark Lampin caught himself halfway through, and he said, hey, you know what? We're not saying it's a bad place. We're comparing ourselves to some of the top cities in America. We are an awesome city already. We are one of the better cities in America to begin with, but in our world, we compare ourselves to the New Yorks, the Los Angeles, the Nashvilles, the Atlantas, the Chicagos, all those kind of cities. So I thought he put it in perspective, and it wasn't a poor us, we need to be better than we are type of thing. It's just reality at times and what the team deals with from an economics, from a a, a population, from a monetary uh, standpoint when it comes to tickets and local revenue and all those things. I think if you're really interested in that stuff, you probably saw some of it. Probably could see it on Jaguars.com and go back and watch the whole thing. But... I thought Shad Khan, as we welcome you back to the Bowl School, get ready for Providence and Bowls, two of the best teams in the area to play a little baseball on a beautiful day in Jacksonville. Action Sports Jacks on the road once again on ESPN 690. Brent Martineau, Austin Lane here. I uh, see some scouts in the, in the building There right will now. be a lot of scouts here today. Well, Brent Barco is pitching. And, and I was going to ask you, man, so it looks like a pretty long porch out there, about 380 at center field. That's not that long. It's actually a small park. Okay, well, I was going to ask, do you, do you have it in you still? Uh, no, 380, no. no but no, I th- okay. I'd like to think. So then it, it is right, pretty long for I'm you, I'm cut Brent. off. What's it say right down the line? Uh, down the line, we got 310. I got that in me. You got 310 in you? Yeah, yeah. Opposite field? Uh, have, no, no, that's for me, a lefty. Oh, that's, oh you have to. That's right. I got yeah, 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 yeah. to get, get around on it. You know, I got to get okay. an inner, inner half pitch. Okay. I got to drop that barrel, yep. but I can get 310. This is a okay. short porch, actually, okay. in many respects. Uh, both these teams actually play in smaller venues. Um from a home home uh, run kind of standpoint. Okay. but uh, So anyway, we're going to talk a lot about baseball. The coach of the Bulls School will join us in just a bit, and he's been around ball in this area for so long. And I want to get perspective on what we're watching today because there are tons of Major League Baseball scouts that will be here to watch this one between Nathan Hickey and Tyler Callahan from Providence and Hunter Barco on the mound today for the Bulls School. Uh, these guys are projected to be draft picks in the Major League Baseball draft in June. If not, they're going to South Carolina and Florida to play college baseball. So uh, we'll talk all about that. 
But let's stay on ShotCon and the state of the franchise. And two big things here, two overview things. ShotCon, I thought, with the statement you just heard, I thought he was about as good as he's been on the podium at the state of the franchise yet. And the reason I say that, I thought he did it. He was short. He was brief. He always is. But they put a big video together about the last 25 years to start this thing off. And then Shad Khan said he, he I think, encapsulated uh, the last 25 years in a really good way. And I loved what he said at the end. And we can't wait until the next 25 years. What has this organization always been talked about, perceived <laughs> about, since the time Shad Khan has bought the team and even before then, about moving and relocation and Los Angeles and London and this and that? That's been the outside world. That has but, been. But, well, but, but, but it, has it been. still has been. Yeah. And so I think every time he gets the chance... And this was a subtle one. And he said, and we can't wait till the next 25 years. For you folks that still believe that the Jaguars are someday going somewhere, and there are you folks out there, and I still love you, but you're dead wrong. I don't. And, and I'm, I'm, I've been telling you that for years. You're wrong. This London thing is not about going to London. Anybody? We do national shows sometimes. Hey, what about the London, though? They're going to go to London. It makes sense. No, they're not. Mm-hmm. London has helped them survive in Jacksonville. They're a sister city in London. There are so many good things coming out of London that help the Jags, and I actually thought there'd be more by now. I think there'll be more to come down the road, especially if they build up downtown Jacksonville uh, with some of the relationships and businesses and the dollars that take place in London. So I believe in what they call a sister city uh, with London and Jacksonville, mm-hmm. and I think it gives Jacksonville good notoriety. It builds the fan base around the world, really, for the Jaguars. So I think it's a good thing. But he... I just thought the subtle nature of that from Shad Khan was really strong to say, we can't wait for our next 25 years. Yeah. And Mark Lamping later closed it out saying, we'll be celebrating our golden anniversary and our 75th anniversary and our 100th anniversary. They believe in the viability of Jacksonville, and they punched that home today. Yeah, I, I don't know. It seemed like the trend for a while was to say, that oh, the Jaguars are going to London or the Jaguars are going to L.A. And once again, that was more of the national narrative, which sucks because it's the national narrative, so people are going to take it seriously. Me, personally, I never took it seriously. I think when Khan came in here, um, he had a vision to, to, to keep it here, and that's what he's doing. If you know Khan's story, you understand that he's a businessman. He's a businessman first. And the whole part of going to London was to increase the brand, was to increase the business. And I think going to London has done that. Now, the Jaguars have lost a home game in that, but I think the you know the pros outweigh the cons tenfold. Ah, cons, get it. Yeah. Ah, see, you actually caught on to that. that. That was on purpose. Thank you, Brent, for the assist. But, uh, so, I think he's got the best intentions in mind with this franchise. Uh, he wants to see it flourish. It, it was a rough season last year, but I think from a business standpoint, uh, he has the city, he has the team uh, with, with the best interest in his mind. Listen, I will say, full disclosure, I am and have been a believer in what the Jags have tried to do with ShotCon, the city, and all that. I am. I believe it. I'm I'm in their corner in so many ways. Now, I also will say, the folks that question it, that want to say, do you really believe it? That's fair. That's what happens. I mean, this is these are big things happening. You've got to question it. And I don't know all the ins and outs of what happens in the political world and what needs to also be done in Jacksonville and why some of the critics of of maybe building Jacksonville even exist. I I can't come with you on it. I don't get it, because I think a vibrant downtown Jacksonville is huge, and I think our best ticket right now in Jacksonville for the next however many years is utilizing the power, dollars, and vision of Shad Khan to help that along. Mm. I truly believe in it. I mean, it's not... It's not because oh, he, I'm associated with the Jags or cover the Jags. I mean, I just believe it. I, listen, if I didn't believe it, I'd let you know, but I, I believe that why wouldn't you want a 
great downtown, and I go to all these cities, and I see, why don't we have that in Jacksonville? I just went to Augusta, Georgia, for crying out loud, and I went down to their little quaint downtown, and I was like, well, that's even better than downtown Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. In Augusta, Georgia, I mean, come on. No. So you got a guy trying to fix that and change that, and I think that helps the entire area. And it's like you said, like, do you believe it or not? I absolutely do believe it. For as much money as he spent to, number one, purchase the Jaguars, to put up, you know, pools, video screens, like, those are investments. And I'm not a billionaire, so I don't know the ins and outs of economics, but one would think that if you spend that much money on everything, you want to see it through and you want to make a profit out of it. He's going to make a profit by building up downtown, by building up the city, and having more people get involved and have more people come to see the show. Well, by the way, that should happen, too. This this is business. It shouldn't be a philanthropic, hey, I'm going to donate half a billion dollars to the city. I mean, you'll get that, too. Yeah. But... And, and you'll be the engine behind it, but you're not necessarily going to be, okay, here's my money. Yeah. <laughs> but what's crazy is, see the $90 million to build the video boards, or the $30 million they put in. Now, he, he spent half, and the city spent half yeah. uh, on the video boards. But the, the, he's invested about over $100 million, I think, now in the organization and in the infrastructure and Daly's Place and all this stuff. Well, to me, you've got to realize, this is what people in Jacksonville, I don't always think grasp. That's still nothing to him. He's got tons of money. Shad Khan is one of the richest men in the world. We're talking billions. Even $100 million is not, I mean, it's a ton of money, but it's not like, oh my gosh, I'm doing this, and if I lose this gamble, Mm -hmm. then I go broke. That's not the case. But it's not about him going broke. I think it's about his reputation. I mean... Well, there's that. Well, there's well, so, that. so that's what I'm saying. Like the, the reason he's got to where he's at now, I think a big reason is because he put his name on things that he believed in. If if for some reason the Jaguars would just, you know, the, the, it would crumble and it would be a nightmare and they would lose money and whatnot, his name is still on that. Yeah. And I think the last thing Khan wants to be associated with is, number one, a loser, number two, a failure. Yeah. So, and he's had that a little bit with the on-field record and also with Fulham, what they've done with his soccer team over mm-hmm. there, and they are relegated once again. So he's had a little bit of that. It's yeah. been a little humbling at times well, in the sports world for him. It's been humbling, and I'm sure it has affected his ego a little bit. And I'm not saying that in a bad way. You have to have an ego to be that successful. You have to. I mean, it's impossible to, to be a billionaire and not have an ego. So... W- when you take those losses, when uh, you know when your ego t- kind of takes a hit, that affects you. So it's like I said, I think he puts his name on things that he believes in and things that he wants to see succeed. One last thought on shot, and then we'll get to South Beach Gary in just a moment. But uh, one thought I've always had: he's from Pakistan. He's the American dream. He gets goes to Urbana, Illinois, and builds up this bumper business. Started, started, it, started in the garage, by the way. Well, it, well, he was there. He actually bought out his. Yes, yeah. he, he had these the visions, bought it out that a company he was working for, now it's like the biggest, he owns like 90% of the bumpers, I think, in the world. I mean, it's something crazy, right? And he never moved that place from Urbana, his headquarters. He could have gone to Chicago or Detroit, where all the car manufacturers are. He kept it there. And I always had this same thought about Jacksonville. He sees it as an underdog city. And then I also say, not only does he see it as an underdog city, but he sees it with the ocean and the river and airports and says, wow, top 50 market, growing market. This is a blank canvas around here. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh, look what we could do. I can paint this picture or help paint this picture with the dollars I have and the support of the city and relationships and help give back but also help invest and, and make this place look different in 10 or 15 years. That's the way I've always seen it. If I was Shad Khan, I'd be thinking those things while I'm on my yacht. You know, while I'm on my private jet. And I think we miss that sometimes. This guy's from Pakistan. He also went to Urbana, Illinois, to build this 
huge business and make all his money. And now he's in Jacksonville, another underdog story that Shad Khan can be a part of. I think there's something to it with him. I, I've, you try to get inside his head, and I think there's something in that. Mm-hmm. And I believe that. Uh, let's go to South Beach Gary on the line before we head to a break. What's up, man? What's up? Good South afternoon. Beach Gary, what's up, man? Good afternoon, gentlemen. Do you guys you realize that Jacksonville and Mitch Stadium are the only two stadiums that haven't even spent $300 million on renovations or have had new stadiums? Yeah, they do. I know everybody's gone, undergone new stadiums, big-time renovations, sometimes different lo- uh, moving. They've been relocated. So, yes, and that's a graphic that sticks out, and we're going to talk about that, Gary, in a little bit. But there is, and, there was and, the, the planting of, hey, we need to renovate or build a stadium in the next decade, and that is reality. That's the arms race that is professional and college sports. Yeah. Right. And, Brent, no horsing around. I want what you say the, the Jags should do in number six, not what they will do, what you think, if you're a GM, what they should do. And uh, one, one week away, no more hemming and hawing. I want your answer, Brett, today. All right. Uh, T.J. Hawkinson. That's it. It's been that way, and it hasn't changed. I think they should go get T.J. Hawkinson. Uh, Mel Kuyper said it today that uh, that Hawkinson and um, or the Jags need a tight end. He said it on yeah. Stephen A. Smith's show. I was listening coming in, and he said the Lions. The J. He mentioned the Jags. I mean, so we know the Jags. Listen, it's three positions, people. Yeah. It's r- offensive line, which I think would say more specifically right tackle. It's defensive line, which I would say specifically more pass rusher. Or it's tight end. It's simple. That's it. That's all that's on the table at number seven for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now you trade back, you do some things, then everything else comes on the table. But those are the three positions. Now you decide who you want. And I haven't changed, and I don't think I'll change a week from today when I'm up in Nashville. <laughs> There's no change. I think it's TJ Hawkinson. That's who they should get. They should help Nick Foles out. He talked about it earlier in the week. It's as simple as that. South Beach Gary. Uh, We're going to talk a little baseball when we come back. Get your thought. Wait, you got, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I love how Gary called in, and he still hasn't asked me who I'm going to draft. Cause, I know. Well, because he ended up calling, he called in with Stewart. Stewart said his pick, and now he's called in with you. Well, he did you that last pick. week. Did yeah. this, this week. And he hasn't you're asked next me. Week. You're next Thursday. I'm next week, because I ain't going to say it until he calls back in and asks me. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're going to talk some baseball right after this on ESPN 690 and then back to the football stuff. Hey, welcome back to a beautiful day here in Jacksonville, Florida. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690, and we absolutely love being out at the ball field. Well, a few better places to be. You know what's interesting? Jacksonville Iceman will play tonight some hockey, playoff hockey, inside on the ice. It's 80-something degrees, and we're playing some baseball and a big one here at the Bowl School. Bowls against Providence. And right now, happy to be joined by the head coach of the Bowl School, Mike Boswell, has been around ball for a long time, seen a lot of great players, played in a lot of big games, won state championships, Englewood, Bowls. So this is nothing new for you, and I know we're probably overplaying it because it's not even a district game, right? <laughs> it's not, but it's still a big game. They're all big games. So, yeah, I've been in a couple big ones, but this is the biggest one today. And why? what about the feel of your guys? Do they sense it? Do they, sen- do they know, hey, this is Providence. Providence is a very good program. We have a very good program. This is a big deal this afternoon. Absolutely sure is. And, and we're both teams are going to make the playoffs, and both, both teams are, are getting prepared for the playoffs. So this is uh, kind of our... Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. This is uh, Justin. It looks like we may have lost Brent and Coach for just a second here. I'm hoping we can get them back, but that's what happens when we broadcast live. Uh, let me just make sure they know. And let me uh, pitch you guys over to some audio clips from today's uh, State of the Franchise. That way we can get the guys back, but uh, still entertain you at the same time. We uh, will go over to Lamping on the decision for uh, JEA's decision to not move downtown. 
well, it would have been easier if they would have come here, but yeah, it's, there's no guarantees in life, in spite of what some people this kind thought of going into this, that there was a guarantee that it was coming to Lache, not, not looking to anybody or their paper. But, um, so it was a good process. What I personally believe is it's not like Jacksonville downtown has so much going for it that we can afford to lose the opportunity to bring a catalyst, something that that will deliver other development. And somehow the thought that governmental... All right, thanks, Coos, for jumping in there with some uh, Mark Lamping sound. I think we lost you for a second here in the signal, but we'll go back. We're with Mike Boswell here uh, from the Bowl School. Just uh, lost you for a few ticks there. Uh, Bowls in Providence today. Again, you've been through this before. Hunter Barco, uh, this time around, DJ Stewart uh, playing in, well, getting on his way to the big leagues, we hope. Brett Myers, when you were at Inglewood, uh, put Barco in perspective for us compared to some of these guys in the past in terms of talent. Yeah, talent level's right there with those guys. Uh, and what's funny is they've all been different. Brett was a big right-handed power pitcher. Uh, Barco's a power arm from the left side with a little bit better off-speed stuff. And DJ was an outfielder that could really hit. So they're all kind of different. And they're all, you know, having them be a part of your program is, uh, you know, it's it makes my job a little bit easier running out those guys out there all the time. Yeah, absolutely. And and you have more, too, right? You were just telling me about the Baumeister kid who's only a sophomore. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You have so much talent. I was at the Creekside Bartram game last night, and the thing I noticed was not only there's a lot of talent, but they're all underclassmen. Yeah. There is a good group of seniors this year with the three that you're going to see out here today at Bowles. And uh, the underclassmen are really good, too. I mean, we, we got our, our, a couple more that are pretty darn good. And But Baumeister, looking forward, you know, he's uh, he's a, he's going to be a big-time guy just like these guys uh, as a right-handed pitcher. How unique is this uh, in high school baseball to see what we have here today? I think there's a bunch of scouts. You've got Hunter Barco on the mound. And on the other side, you have two kids that are really getting a lot of attention, too. Tyler Callahan had an unbelievable summer, could be a first-round pick in the Major League Baseball draft in June. And Nathan Hickey, I think, is climbing the board. In fact, he might even threaten the home run record in the state of Florida. Yeah, both those guys could break the home run record. Callahan's coming on strong now, and uh, he's he's probably the best offensive threat to come out of here in a long time. Um, and, yeah, they could they all three of them could be potential draft picks early um, come June. So really need to see those three guys on the field together. Have you gone back through over the last uh, couple of decades? Have you seen a game where you have – that much potential potentially on both sides or, or is this more common than I'm giving it credit no this is this is unusual we really don't play that many you know big games with this many big players in it at one time so this is uh, uh, an anomaly how do you, how do you uh, balance by the way the rest of the roster because you know, there's a lot of players and you've got to be careful I think as a coach probably when you know the one guy's getting a lot of attention could that be challenging it it is uh, to a point, but you know we coach the team. This player is all the same, and we we deserve we you know demand that they all step up to the plate and give us everything they got. You know whether they're the number one guy on the team or the number twenty guy on the team, they they all know that they're important to a team. And to, to win, you got to have a team effort. So you can't win with just one guy. You know uh, you've got first pitch coming up in a minute, so we'll let you go. But. Uh I've been around here a little more than a decade. I know Florida baseball is unbelievable. I get it. You've been around this thing for a long time. The the amount of talent, the amount of good teams, good programs now, from Clay to Ridgeview to Bartram Creekside, Ponte Vedra, Nice, uh, Bowles, Providence, yeah. uh, Bishop Snyder. I mean, I can go on and the on. The goes on, right? yeah. I mean, I probably left a bunch out, and I'm sorry that I just left a bunch <laughs> out. But is it? Is it as good as you've ever seen it? You are correct. There are a lot of really good programs in North Florida. We have been had a lot of good programs in North Florida, and, and now the, the talent is just spreading out, and you know everybody's pretty good. On any given night, you can be beat, and you got to play good every night just in North Florida to, to, to be successful. 
Now you got another guy, one of my favorite guys in Jacksonville is Russ Libby. Uh, yeah. His son Patrick, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Good, he's, he's good pitch. See, you've he's, got more talent. He oh, just yeah. don't always talked about. Yeah, yeah. You know, Barco's a big arm in town, and you're going to hear his name mentioned a lot. But uh, Patrick Libby's been our number two for a couple years, and he's been pitching outstanding for us all year this year. Uh, what does Barco have that makes him so special? Other than lefty. <laughs> he is left-handed, so that's a big part of it. But, uh, you know, he's got that bulldog in him. He, he doesn't like to fail. He wants to be the best, and, and that goes a long way. When you step on the mount, mount and you go, you know what, you can't hit me, and, you know, I'm going to give you everything I got. And, and he's got that competitive edge that uh, is tar- hard to teach. If you don't mind, I'm mad at him from uh, when he came on TV <laughs> and he hit my face instead of Hicken and, and, or Stewart. But. <laughs> he did take you out. You were in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't. He went right down the middle. He, he did. did. He was challenging the batter he, he did. On, on that play. He did. Uh, all right, last one. I asked him this, and I want to get your thoughts because you've been around it. Are you a believer in the new rule? Because I call it the Hunter Barco rule. You guys you guys kind of rode him for one week, and then you'd play the next week, and you could do that with an ace. Now the changes in playoff baseball, I, I will be honest with you, I think are good because I think it showcases the, the all-around teams. What do you feel about it? Absolutely. I think you're you're dead on. We have been fortunate. We've had a Hunter Barco, but I would much rather the teams that get to the Final Four have, be a team. Um, I even like going back to when we went to the regional uh, finals. We went two out of three. And having to have you know play three games in, in two days, the best team's usually going to move on and, and move out to the Final Four. So I like it. It makes it more of a team game rather than riding an arm. And the last couple of years, there's been teams get down there with one arm and then get to the championship game and lose by 10 and that's unfortunate so brett myers better country singer or baseball player <laughs> definitely better baseball player <laughs> hey mike boswell thanks for joining us we i know you got first pitch seriously in like yes, 15 sir. minutes so yes. i appreciate you thank coming you. on over and talking thanks for coming out all right have all right. a good game tonight against uh, the providence stallions and talking about uh, baseball few know it better uh, than coach boswell here at the bowl school so we appreciate uh, him coming on uh, the show here on action sports jacks on espn 690 i'm excited about it and he didn't say exactly how many but i mean you're seeing a lot of major league baseball hats out here i think the guns are out today uh for hunter barco and these other guys and keep in mind too uh, tyler callahan he can really throw it but he's more of a hitter uh committed to south carolina uh nathan hickey gator <laughs> and uh, of course Hunter Barco committed to the Gators. We'll see if any of them get there, or maybe they choose to go the professional route. It looks like they will have that opportunity when the draft comes around in June. All right, when we come back, Austin Lane rejoins me. I'll tell you something that I did here in the last hour that uh, it, 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 I'm proud of myself. And hmm. uh, I'm going to pat myself on the back. Now, I'm not really a pat on my back. I, I just I, Sounds I exci- like every single day with you. Yeah, man. I got excited about something that's really silly. And... <laughs> Tom Coughlin sends a message to Telvin Smith and Jalen Ramsey. And we're gonna tell it, we're gonna share it with you, and I want to get your thoughts on it. 904-362-9901, or you know where to find us on the video feeds. Interact on social media as well. Talking Tom Coughlin and the Jags right after this on ESPN 690. Come on out to bowl, see some good baseball. Oh, what a beautiful day in Jacksonville, Florida. Glad to be out of the baseball game. Bowls and Providence playing in just a few minutes. Miley Cyrus playing in the background right now. Love it, love it. Yeah. Where's Old Town Road? Where's Dad? Hey, sometimes you have to go with the classics, Brent. (laughs) Speaking of. Sometimes you need the choice card. Speaking of Old Town Road, did you see Shaq singing it? 
I didn't see it. That, see can that you either. get that for us? Oh, I can get it for you. I'm just saying that needs to what? be a fallen for sure. Well, well let's Ooh. do it. We'll do it. We'll do it later in the show if you can find it. I have not seen that, by the way. Uh, we will talk a, a little on the other sports, including the NBA. I do want to make note, I just met Hunter Barco's grandparents and his mom, and I told them both, when, when Hunter came on TV, we had a little throwing contest <laughs> in the studio, and we had our fat heads up there in the studio, and he took mine out. So I said, I hope you grounded him for hitting me in the face. <laughs> is, uh, is that really the, the grandparents' job, is the ground? Oh, well, mom was there, too. So oh, I, mom was there, too. Yeah, okay, I, I got you. I don't okay. know how much uh, you can ground a 17-year-old for hitting me in the head with a wiffle ball, but I, I hope there is possible. Some, I hope there are some consequences yes. at the very least. Now, we would have celebrated and thrown a party if he had hit one of the other two guys. Of course. But because he hit me, there should have been repercussions. Brett Martineau, Austin Lane here. Who's back in the studio? We got a lot happening today with the state of the franchise and, of course, with the schedule coming out. We will go through the schedule a little bit more. I want to give you more thoughts on what I think about how difficult this is. And I think a lot of folks think it's a difficult schedule. And maybe we'll get into the wins and losses part of the schedule as well. But let's get back to the state of the franchise because it really isn't about uh, this part isn't about the city and the numbers and the revenue. This is about Tom Coughlin mm. got up there and talked for a couple of minutes. Tom Coughlin took that couple of minutes in my opinion. Flexed a little bit. To flex. <laughs> this would have been a flex. That is the flex actually. It's funny you bring it up. Is the, it? Tom Coughlin was the flex of the day. I love yes. it. I love it. You yes. see you started this flex of the day. I gotta get on with you here. You need but, to get on it, man. But this is definitely the flex of the day. It I is mean, the flex it, of the and, day. And just take before we even get into it, I'm gonna ask you while you listen to this and do players actually get this message? <laughs> do they get ticked off about something like this? Is Coughlin in the wrong? at doing something like this, considering these are voluntary workouts. But anyway, here is Tom Coughlin from today at the State of the Franchise when he got to the podium. The players have returned April 15, 2019, and the voluntary off-season program has begun. We're very close to 100% attendance, and quite frankly, all our players should be here. Building the concept of team, working hard side-by-side, constructing our bond of togetherness, formulating our collective priorities and goals. Success in the NFL demands struggle. Those who have everything given to them become lazy, selfish, and insensitive to the real values of team. The hard work that many try to avoid is the major building block for the development of an outstanding football team. It's not about rights and privileges. It's about obligations and responsibility. And the question is, can we count on you? Doing things the right way all the time, we are what we repeatedly do. Excellence, therefore, is not, a, not an act, but a habit. Discipline, organizing your priorities, committing yourself to doing the things necessary to succeed, no shortcuts, no procrastination. Discipline is the refining fire by which talent becomes ability. The only discipline that lasts is self-discipline. The reason people run from the word discipline is because it's difficult to master. Championship teams have one common denominator. They are comprised of individuals who have a burning desire to win, to be champions. Championship teams are dominated by selfless individuals who recognize that the welfare of the team must always be paramount to any other consideration. Well, there is Tom Coughlin. It was a little <laughs> lengthy. Hey, bro, was that a graduation speech or what? <laughs> hey, J.J. Watt, you taking notes? <laughs> <laughs> we'll give the commencement speech at uh, Wisconsin. Hey, 
there's a lot of tentacles to this. See, when Tom Coughlin talks, first of all, people listen. <laughs> you, you better listen. You better and you better sit up straight yes, and listen, right? Yes. When Tom Coughlin talks, he usually del- in this setting, in the years past, he's delivered a message. It was, "We want to win lunch, right? Grit, determination." That was that in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. But what we haven't really seen as much of is this direct message to the players. This was 100 percent, almost 100 percent participation. And we should have 100% participation. Let's start there. Remember, this is voluntary off-season conditioning program. Voluntary. Is Coughlin in the wrong here for bringing that up even at the outset? Well, first of all, he's calling out players but not calling out players. I mean, you knew exactly what he meant. He, he might as well have said Ramsey and Telvin Exactly. Smith. That's exactly who he was talking about without even actually saying it. But everybody can get that. <sighs> Here's my issue, and, and I've got into it a little bit, and I'm going to get into it a little more. We're not talking about a mini camp. We're talking about voluntary workouts. We're not even talking about on-the-field stuff. This is going in the weight room, throwing around some weights, and exiting the building. When I played in Chicago, Brent, and I'm not exaggerating, I would go train with my group, so sometimes it revolved around the whole defensive line, sometimes it was the whole entire defense, but there were some days where I didn't even see the offense. Like, for instance, me and Zach Miller pretty good friends. There, there'd be some days I didn't even see Zach Miller because he'd come in at a later time with the offense or an earlier time. Like, there's different times and whatnot. So to, to get this whole thing, well, well, this is where the, the teams are built. This is the team building. They're not playing tug-of-war. They're, they're not doing team-building exercises during the off-season conditioning. They're going in there, they're lifting weights, they're doing some running, and they're getting out. And that's it. So to sit here and say, well, we need 100% everybody in the building, this is where championships are made, no. In my opinion, that's not where they're made. And you know what? I don't think I disagree with you too much. Listen, I'm all, I, I asked myself this question, and we brought this up the other day, so I won't belabor the point. Jalen Ramsey, I get it. Telvin Smith, I don't as much. Telvin Smith, you just got paid. Telvin Smith, you say, I'm a leader of these men in this locker room. Well, Ramsey doesn't fancy himself that way. Ramsey fancies himself as a guy on an island that wants to get paid and has been vocal about getting paid. So I can even see some of that. So I just don't understand Telvin Smith not being here as much. I don't get it. Because what I ask myself is, okay, well, why is Calais Campbell here then? Like, why is – I get why Nick Foles is here. He just got paid $100 million. If you got paid $100 million, you'd show up for the first day too, <laughs> voluntary or not. Yeah. But – you know, so I I asked myself like, okay, why aren't there? Why is Johnny Ngakwe here then? He's got a decent beef to say I'm going to go work on my own. I've produced and I want to get paid. So why don't more guys not show up? So I do I do get that. Like I'm under I I I ask myself that. Why don't more guys not show up this time of year? Um, but many believe in it, and many believe in the things that Tom Coughlin just said. So. My other part of this is what you just said is okay. I disagree. You don't build championships here, and and I would t- I don't think much like spring games in college football is how I compare it. I don't think you see a translation from what happens in April and May in NFL to what happens in September. The LA Rams didn't even play a starter on offense in the whole month of August in preseason games, and they went to the Super Bowl. How did that pan out? For yeah, pretty they good. went to the Super Bowl. Yeah. My question to you is this: as a player. Whether you were at home in Nashville like Jalen Ramsey, or home in Valdosta if that's where Telvin is, or if you're a player in your your living room tonight and you're reading this and watching this, what are you consuming? Do you get the message? Do you get pissed off at the message? Are you like, what are they doing here? What, what yes. do you think the players' reactions, those are there, are here and not here, are? 
So, here's the thing. Who, who does it fall on? Does it fall on Jalen and Telvin to keep in contact with the coaching staff, to keep in contact with management? Or is it management, management's job to try to reach out to them and well, say, Well, management hey, did reach out, and okay, they didn't return Marone's text as of Tuesday. So, so that's on them. So that's not a good look. But to get back to my point, what do you, like from a leadership standpoint, what do you want them to do? Do you want them to be in the weight room and cheer people on for bench pressing? Like, what what do you want from a leadership standpoint when it's just off season conditioning? Yeah, what's the big How game? can you be a leader? Well, we'll talk more about it coming up next on ESPN 690 live from the Bowl School. Got a big baseball game. First pitch moments away. Welcome back here on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Brett Martin, Austin Lane, and Coos back there in the studios. We are out at the Bowl School, and well. First pitch just happened here at the Bowl School. Providence Stallions on the road facing Bowls, and we've got a big-time matchup here today. Hunter Barco, a uh, sensational pitcher for the Bowl School and uh, projected to be first, second-round pick in the Major League Baseball draft, committed to Florida on the mound, and he won't throw a no-no today because first batter of the game uh, gets a hit. Also on the other side, Providence is Tyler Callahan and Nathan Hickey, two big-time players. And that's not it, by the way. These guys have a lot more players that are really good, and my apologies, we don't talk enough about them. But uh, those three are certainly the headliners in this game today. So we decided, what the heck, let's bring Action Sports Jacks on the road once again. Let's come watch some baseball. we got a beauty of a day and a huge crowd developing here at the Bowl School. And what I love about this is there's a lot of kids, a lot of kids out here to see. There's a lot of scouts, by the way, too, but there are a lot of kids to watch some of these guys play the game and some of the elite players in the area, which I think is uh, really awesome. Let's get back to the Jags talk, though, because, heck, you just heard it in the ESPN update. It's obviously making some noise, right, around the country. It's Tom Coughlin's message to Jalen Ramsey and Telvin Smith of, we want you here. Well, there's a flip side of that, right? And the thing that you always have to remember and you always have to remind people, and that is, it is voluntary. So the NFLPA in the last half hour just came out with a statement, and you can only assume it's in response to Tom Coughlin. And I love how no one's mentioned anybody's name, but you just assume. Yes, you know, like you uh, have to. President Eric Winston. Here's what he says. Our CBA definition of voluntary is the same as the actual definition of voluntary and prohibits anyone from threatening players to participate in voluntary workouts. This is precisely the reason players negotiated strict work rules and bright lines when it comes to off-season activities. We know from experience that not all coaches and executives will adhere to them, and we always pursue any violations to protect our rules. Eric Winston, the former Houston Texans lineman. So do you think, can Tom Coughlin get in trouble for this? Well, yeah, because, well, I mean, according to that definition, you say yes. There certainly will be a slap on the, there's a call from the NFL offices happening yeah. today. There's yeah. no doubt. But do you think Coughlin really cares? I, that's the thing about like, Tom on. Coughlin. I mean, yeah. he's, he's first, you, you can try to, you can, you are going to find him? I mean, but, the guy's made enough money. Yeah, that's but I guarantee he's losing his mind over it, though. Like, you know, like back, you know, it's just, Times are changing, man. It just it is what it is. Um, you can't call you can't call players like that. You just can't do it. That's that's the rule. That was the rule that was put in place, and you have to abide by that. Yeah, and I and he didn't. Um, no, he didn't. In this this was a clear, distinct message. Now, does he have a loophole at all because he didn't say anybody's names? No, we've all interpreted it the same way. But I'm just telling yeah. you, he didn't say anybody's names. But it, but but he's still saying like he, he wants 100% attendance. He only has I think he said 97, 98%. So 
that's I mean that's talking to the guys that weren't there. So that's Tobin Smith and Jalen Ramsey. The, the question that I have, and, and we kind of touched on it a little bit during the last segment, is does this kind of create a rift between Jalen Ramsey and the Jaguars, between Tobin Smith and the Jaguars? I mean, the options and all, you know, you saw it with Fournette. You know, they're trying to start on a fresh page. Uh, Doug Marones has, you know, his back going forward. I mean, all signs point to the, the, the hatchet being buried there. But now, I mean, does this kind of hurt the team dynamic a little bit by calling out players because they haven't showed up for voluntary workouts? Yeah, I, I wonder that, too. I, I don't think it – listen, we blow everything out of proportion this time of year. So let's be – let's say that first. Let's not over-dramatize it. It's words. But, you know – what I think there's a sign here, Tom Coughlin would say this probably any year he's ever been involved in the NFL or coaching, but you've got to remember that Doug Marone also said he'd like 100% participation. His exit interview with the media after last year's disappointing season, after it was learned that he would keep his job, was, we want 100% participation. We think it's important for everybody to be here and start building the appropriate culture and locker room and start fresh. So this is backing up the head coach from Tom Coughlin, and not surprising they see a like on this one, but they are backing each other up uh, on this. But I think you hit on a good point. I, I don't think the other players in the locker room will care as much, but no. what about Jalen Ramsey? What about Telvin Smith? See, if you tell me, if you put me in a corner, it's about the only time I bow up. If you ask me to do something, if you ask and have a conversation about it, and you say, hey, I know you're not going to love this, but we really want you to do this, and blah, 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 blah. I'm much more agreeable, probably, and not ticked off. There's a principle about being backed in the corner in anything you do. And then you're like, wait a minute. Your first reaction is to bow up. Well, I can guarantee you this, because we know Jalen Ramsey enough. Yes. That dude is bowing up today after hearing this. Be like, and oh, yeah? Oh, yeah? Now I'm not showing up for anything. Yeah, that's his first reaction. I can guarantee you that's what his reaction is well, in Nashville. And I promise you, in terms of Jalen Ramsey or any NFL player, that, and granted, he's got a couple more years in Jacksonville for sure, but this is going to get added to the checklist. He's making a checklist right now. He's like, oh, well, I remember when so-and-so called me out for that. I didn't like that. Is Jacksonville going to be my home going forward? I don't know because I don't like the things uh, thing, things are transpiring here. So, I mean, while it's not that big of a deal that Coughlin called out, you know, his players, at the same time, if those things keep adding up and they keep snowballing and keep snowballing, maybe something else happens with Jalen Ramsey that he doesn't like. And that's snowballs and that snowballs. Now all of a sudden you're talking about a guy who maybe doesn't want to be here anymore. Yeah, and there has been talk about that in the past. Like, okay, like what is he hinting at? Is he mad? Then the trade stuff from last year. And now Jalen Ramsey, if you've seen some interviews with him, like, I want to be in Jacksonville. I bought a house in Jacksonville. He's got a little kid. He's got a girlfriend. Uh, fiance, maybe now, in fact. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think definitely girlfriend, obviously. Uh, so it doesn't feel like that. But you do wonder where this goes. When we talk about the Antonio Browns, the Le'Veon Bells, the Odell Beckham Jr., whatever it is, people – the Russell Wilson contract the other day. Could you see a Jalen Ramsey bowing up, not showing up, and saying, I want my money, and I'm not doing anything until I get my money? He, I, you know, we talked, we hinted at this the other day. He's the next guy, maybe, or one of the next guys to pull a power play, to mm-hmm. pull that the, the power play we saw with Antonio Brown and Russell Wilson. He might be that next guy. I mean, that would that's not that far-fetched. And to your point, this might trigger that a little bit. Telvin Smith. See, we don't feel like we know Telvin like we know Ramsey would bow up. Telvin, I wonder what he's—is he just smirking? Is I—is he—is he all all love? 
right now, like he always says. So I've had you two conversations with, 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 with <laughs> yeah. So I've had two conversations with Talvin, and um, both times he's, he's come across as a as a great leader, um, as a guy that's very proud, and as a guy who I feel like if he ties his name to something, you know, he takes everything you know personally. So I think when Coughlin said what he said, if I'm Telvin Smith and like I said, I don't know him too well, just in conversations in passing, but I think Telvin Smith kind of took this one to heart a little bit too, especially a guy that considers himself, you know, the, the voice of that defense, the, the the captain of that defense, if you will and from captain, I mean the guy that's, you know talking all the time, because Calais Campbell's a captain as well, but Calais Campbell's more of the the, the strong, silent type, and he, uh, he, he leads through his play on the field, which is fantastic. I mean, that's that's what I played with, too, with Puzz and Daryl Smith. But with uh, Telvin Smith, he's more of the vocal leader. So I feel like any time a vocal leader gets called out, you, you're going to expect to get some backlash vocally, yeah. <laughs> you would think. So uh, I'm, I'm curious to see uh, what happens going forward here. I have said this before, too, and I don't mean this in any disrespect. I think this is just the way it is. You have a Tom Coughlin, who is of legendary, revered status here in the Jacksonville area. He's won a couple of Super Bowls in, in New York. So he, to me, he's a Hall of Famer. Uh, there's that kind of reverence with Tom Coughlin. I really believe it. I think he's a Hall of Famer. Uh, but he's in his early 70s. These players are in their early 20s. I, I've said this before. It's not that pe- they don't respect their, their elders, if you will. They don't respect the resume. But I do think there's a sense of players, and, and I'm not sure it's a generation thing, I, but it might be, that feel a sense of power especially after seeing Antonio Brown, even with a contract that kind of strips you of power at times because you're restricted by it, they don't even feel that anymore. Russell Wilson, who can impose a deadline, I think there's a sense of players that if they have enough bravado, enough ego, enough belief in themselves, where they can go, they are so important to that franchise and team. I, I've said it like, I think Jalen Ramsey walks down the hall sees Tom Coffin and says, hey, coach, smiles at him. He's a respectful <laughs> man. But yeah. he also is like, I don't care what he thinks. Mm-hmm. You know, I like I think there's a genuine part of Jalen Ramsey. It's like, I don't care what Tom Coughlin thinks. I think there are people in the building in Jacksonville that say they button up. They they have a tie on. They stand up a little straighter when Tom because they know the past. They they respect him so much. They were around when he brought this franchise in. When this franchise won, they mm-hmm. know him so. You know, no, there's a got, different feeling with the sales guy giant down there. Resume. Yeah. Yeah. So there, I just don't know if the players feel that like other personnel people in the building do. And so, it's not like they're going to say, they're not going to tell him, I don't care what you think. But in the back of their mind, Jalen Ramsey's walking by Tom Coughlin in the hallway, and he's just kind of chuckling himself. Well, it's like, I don't. it doesn't matter what you think. I'm going to go make money no matter what, if it's here in here, Jacksonville or somewhere else. Here's my thing. I consider, I mean, and I think everybody considers, the NFL is a business, and teams are businesses. Well, let's compare them to other businesses in the world. All successful businesses, and I think even successful teams in the NFL, what do they have in common? The upper management can relate to their players. The upper management can relate to their employees. Tom Coughlin, I feel like he's gotten to the point where maybe he's having trouble relating to his employees, relating to his players. And uh, if that's the case, and if that's the fact, 
you're not going to have a lot of success going forward. That's that's just the way it is. I mean, that's what history has shown. So you you look at teams like the Rams now with a younger coach and stuff like that. They, they can relate to their employees. Yeah, and that's why a lot of NFL teams look like they're going a little bit younger. That's not probably uh, that's probably a very good point. And that that's might why be the I way said the it. NFL said, of course it is. <laughs> of course it is. Uh, hey, when we come back, we'll update you on the game. Slow start for Bulls. Good start for Providence, and also a little balling and falling, which might include Shaq. Welcome back. We had a bases loaded jam for Hunter Barco in the first inning. Actually gave up one run, three hits, and Providence got to him early, but he did get a strikeout to end the first frame and avoid further damage. So one to nothing going in the bottom of the first. Providence strikes early against Hunter Barco and at the Bulls school, and now uh, Bulls comes to bat. So we'll keep you posted on this one. Good game. I went to a good game last night, too. Uh, Bartram Trail on Creekside. Like I was talking with Mike Boswell earlier, the coach of Bulls, it's just good baseball programs all over the place, from Clay County to uh, Nassau County to right Duval County, St. John's County. I mean, name every county. We got them. We got them spread out. Bishop Snyder might be one of the best stories going right now this year, uh, leading the district in, in a very difficult district with Trinity and uh, Providence. Uh, they have been phenomenal. I think they're five and one right now in district play. So, uh, really good baseball here in Jacksonville. We know that, but it's on display here at the high school level. It's really on display here this afternoon. At the bowl school. You know, I never told you about what I was so proud of. You know, you and I, we, we got this little banner, right? The one that's going to go in my yard someday. Yep. It's not the mm-hmm. crazy arm guy. It ain't, it ain't the wacky inflatable arm but guy, the last but couple something. Of, the last couple of times we've used this thing, we had people to help us put it up. Oh, yeah. Well, so we came flying in on two wheels here today, coming up state of the franchise and everything, trying <laughs> yep. to gather everything. Bowls folks were fantastic. Table, chairs ready. By the way, I might steal one of these chairs. Oh, these are the best chairs we sat on. I think the whole like uh, the, the uh, whole entire show. We, you know, I mean, we don't sit that these good of chairs even in studio. That's what I'm saying. I mean, they're nice. So impressive. we set it all up. But I brought the uh, the banner today. Yes. And I think they call that the teardrop banner. The if teardrop I'm not mistaken. banner. Very good. Yeah. Very good. So uh, we had to put that up ourselves. And I'm, I was. It's one of those things when I do something like that that I don't really think I'm going to be very good at. I get um, you crushed it. I'm proud of myself. But I had your help, I'm just saying. Well, yeah, no, it's I'm all really good. more proud of me this than you. Win, is my well, I'm going to be honest. This wind's making me a little nervous right now watching this thing. <laughs> well, we got um, the weight on it right there. See, that's... that's well, that's, uh, let's hope it's enough. Let's say. hope you did all the jobs you were supposed to do putting that teardrop well, banner up. And, and I feel like if this thing goes uh, off the rails and it falls over and hits somebody, it's going to be my fault. So I can't wait. Um, all right, uh, let's see. We got a little, uh, little fly out to right with a guy on first for Bulls. And by the uh, way, every time I hear a ball, I'm thinking it's coming right for us. Well, like, we do have to be a little, ball. a little Cautious careful of that. Yeah, Man, we're we're right in fall ball haven right yeah. now. We didn't bring our glove, but you're going to help us out. We've heard Give you us guys, a little heads up. You can catch. <laughs> uh, but we do have to be aware of that. Uh, yeah. Anyway, Brett Martin of Austin Lane here at the Bowls School uh, watching some big-time baseball, and we're not alone because there's a great crowd here, and there's also some Major League Baseball scouts here uh, as well for this one to watch. But uh, let's go balling and falling. What you got here on a uh, Thursday edition of Action Sports Jacks Prime Time. <laughs> Prime Time. Action yeah. Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. By the way, that one week away from the NFL draft. Okay, balling. I have to go with the NFL schedule release videos that each team tweeted out. Ah, very uh, good. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about the Jaguars one? You know, I liked it. That's not necessarily my style of mm-hmm. comedy. Yeah. But I thought Lambo killed it. Lambo did fantastic. I thought Scobie was Scobie cool. was good. Scobie was good. I thought the concept was good. It got a little, little lengthy. Yep. Thank but you. 
if I'm being honest. Yeah. But I, I could appreciate it. Did you catch all? See what it's one of those things. See what I love is when you have to watch something several times to, to catch, catch everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you know everybody's talking about Atlanta and the Game of Thrones and them making fun of the Saints. Well, that the Jags good, had the their way. own little thing in there about the Saints. The Saints, the Titans was. I mean, Titans, Titans was and pretty the Mayo, obvious one, right? Yes, yep. uh, which, by the way, is a social media bold city brigade thing. Oh, they love it, right? The yep. Mayo, yep. Uh, with the Tennessee Titans, yeah, and. The best. Did you catch the part about the Falcons? Yes. The uh, the uh, what was two hundred eighty three? Two hundred eighty three. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. it's little things like that, yeah. and I thought the Indianapolis one was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, with the raising the banner, AFC finalist. I think it's that was good. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, overall, it was all right. So it was good. Here's, hey, I'm not trying to take anybody's job or anything, but do you know what I would have done? Uh, but Jalen Ramsey has to be in the building. So. If I was uh, the Jags, I would have had Jalen Ramsey do another GQ interview, but do it like in a video form. Ah, very good. And I would have him talk. So, like, make it sound like he's talking smack about everybody, uh, like all the teams, but then have Foles' voice over it. So, <laughs> so it's like Foles talking over Because, you know, Foles is like the, like the humble guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really quiet. Good dude. and evil kind of yeah, thing, Yeah, so right? then have Foles' voice on Jalen Ramsey I thought would have been a, a pretty successful hit. But the reason I said balling was because my favorite one was uh, the Chargers. I thought that the Chargers brought it. Did you see the Chargers one? Yeah, I did. Stock videos. Yeah, Stock so, video. That was um, good. So, you know, I mean, obviously I have some pretty crazy tastes, Brent, as, as we've talked about with cartoons on Adult Swim and Cartoon Network and whatnot. And I thought, like, the Chargers one was just the right amount of crazy, just the right amount of length, and just the right amount of randomness to be uh, epic. So, balling is the Chargers for having, I think, in my, my personal opinion the best uh, schedule release video of the bunch. And, and by the way, uh, the Carolina Panthers, yep. they had like the video game one. Well, and hey, right? Green Bay Packers doing the Pac-Man thing. Could you put a little more money? To, is, the, is the money going to Aaron Rodgers or what? Because that that might have cost ten bucks to make that one. Yeah. That was a little ridiculous. Yeah, that was. Uh, I guess not. As, you're gonna you're I've gonna flop better. sometimes. Yeah. But uh, did you do you remember last year's Jags when they used the babies? Yes. And Jalen yeah. oh, with, with DeAndre Hopkins. The, yeah, that was a good one. You know, yep. so, I mean, I I think they're off. They're on to something here. I kind of yeah. like it. No, for uh, sure. And, and it seems like they're okay with making digs. Social media has become a thing, and I really like it, where you can rib some other teams and have good fun. I, mm-hmm. I think three years ago it was like, oh, no, you can't do that. Well, the Jags have had some fun with teams. Yeah. The rivalries have a little fun. You can go back and forth. Again, keep it in good taste. Have some fun. What I always say is that's backyard ball. Mm-hmm. If we go play a pickup basketball game, we're going to – and you go over whatever or have this big air ball or I stuff one on you and dunk over you like I normally would do. <laughs> I'm going to okay. let you hear about it for the next couple of days, of couple of weeks. Of course. And I think that this takes on a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you what, the Saints got hammered. <laughs> I oh, mean, the poor, the poor Saints. Saints. They should have won. The NFL, given the fact that uh, we, we had that controversy – they should have almost said, okay, you can't do anything with the Saints. Uh, yeah. Poor Saints. Like, I mean, as if like they weren't over it enough already. Like, now they got to keep piling it on the Saints. And, yeah. and so, really, I was going the same direction. But the, the Game of Thrones the won. Game of Thrones one was who great. I don't even pay attention to. Yeah. And the Saints part of it, the Falcons were balling, man. I mean, the, yeah. the Falcons part on the Saints yep. was epic. It yep. was great. And yep. I can't disagree with anybody else. So, uh, we actually went the same way. I'll take balling right here. Okay. I haven't brought the Red Sox up a lot. But they just lost two in a row to the Yankees. For good reason, yeah. And, I mean, it is time for me to at least mention the fact that they are fall. I mean, they are terrible right now. Mm-hmm. They're really bad. They're just, they can't get anything done. They can't hit. Mookie Betts isn't doing much. It's, you know, it's something, uh, Ty actually asked me this. He's like, what's with teams that go do well and can't? 
come back and do well again in every sport. And listen, there are some that get it done. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you're just super talented. Sometimes you figure it out. But it's like it's not as easy as people think. Human nature is, I got this, right? I got this. We're good. We're already good. We're going to roll into next year. We're going to be good. The hangover from a championship season lasts a long time in sports. It does. Uh, it, yeah. Well, because the whole offseason shortens. No, right? I understand You go to parades. Yes. Yeah. You, go, you get asked to do things you normally wouldn't get asked. Mm-hmm. Your routine gets thrown out of whack. Yep. So maybe you're more tired. Maybe you're not spending as much time working out. As a team in general, think about football. You've got 53 guys you have to get on the same page, and you hope they don't think that way, feel that way. Yeah, but at the same time, though, uh, to kind of counter that point, in a majority of sports, if you're coming off a championship, nine times out of ten, you're going to have a majority of the players that got you there last season. You know, I mean, if, if you look at the Capitals right now, watching Capitals, they're having a pretty good season, and they're kind of uh, on pace to have another Stanley Cup run, I think. If you look at the, the Warriors, I mean, we know about the Warriors already. Um, in football, I mean, you know, the Patriots are always up there. The Eagles didn't have necessarily a, a, a bad season. that They lost their starting quarterback and was replaced with Nick Foles in the playoffs. So that kind of threw them off maybe a little bit. But um, see, to me, what the, what's happening to the Sox right now, it's it's mind blowing, and and I get like the whole oh, they're, it's a hangover, but for them to be doing this bad right now, it's um it's almost worse than a hangover. It's, it's almost like they need uh like to go to detox or something because they might have an <laughs> issue. Like it's uh it's really bad. Uh, the only time I can ever think about it happening like it's been happening for the Red Sox was wasn't when the Marlins won it. Didn't they have a really crappy season the they following probably year? Did, but I they probably they got rid of a lot of stuff, too. Yeah. I mean, that's just the way the Marlins well, operate. And, and here's the thing with the Sox. The Sox didn't really lose anybody. Well, they lost uh, uh, Kimbrel. Well, they haven't. They don't have him. But you're right. Yeah. Your point is uh, they actually might have added yeah. more than subtracted in a lot of different ways. So I think uh, – but listen, man, we don't have to go very far to see that. you got an AFC Championship game, Jags, to nothing. You know, what, you know why? Here's the, here's the other thing that happens in that is that you get breaks when you win. Things line up when you win. Things that normally wouldn't happen might happen, even for good teams. The Patriots had good things go their way. They didn't get the call, or they got the call of uh, roughing the passer. Mm-hmm. Even a subtle play like that, you might maybe you didn't get it the year you lost in the Super Bowl, or you lost and didn't even make the playoffs. The Jags had 16 different offensive linemen. The year prior, they played every backup quarterback in the NFL. I mean, it's... So I think there's a part of that. The breaks, I haven't watched the Red Sox every game, every inning, so I'm not, I don't know if, maybe they're not getting the breaks. You know, maybe that Gardner home run last night as a fly ball to the warning track last year becomes a Bucky Dent kind of home run this year for a grand slam to win the game. So it's just those kind of things. So I think there's a lot to it. But it just shows how hard it is to back up a winning season. It's not easy. But And listen, I get your point in football where you only play, you know, 16 games during the regular season. But with baseball, for, for as many games as you play, you think eventually, I mean, yeah, some breaks may not go your way. Eventually, you're going to get some breaks. That's sports. But when you play that many games in baseball, eventually the cream is going to rise to the top, regardless of luck or whatever. I mean, the talented teams are going to rise up there. That's that's the beauty of baseball, where it doesn't matter how much money you spend uh, on a team. I mean, the team that has the most chemistry, that's playing like, the best together, is going to win. And for whatever reason right now, the Sox are just, they're not playing together. They're, they're not winning. And... Uh, if and, and again, we want to say it's early in the season, but if I'm a Boston fan, man, especially with the way the Rays are playing, hit that panic button a little bit. Yeah, it might be time. Well, and that's a, that's the other part of it, right? The Rays are playing well. I mean, the Rays are good. Uh, like the Rays are a team, in my opinion, that nobody knows about. Like they are at the the port. They have a lot of talent, and we don't know anything about them. We know Snell. He won the Cy Young. 
But even hit, it's not like he's coming up and going to get traded at the, the trade deadline because they know they can't afford him down the road. Mm-hmm. They're in a prime position right now. The window's open. They are legit. 90 wins last year, just missed the playoffs because everybody else was so dang good. And now this year, they are off to a hot start. That doesn't happen by accident. Yeah. <laughs> you don't you don't win 100 and something games in about 190 with by luck. accident. Yes. You know, yeah. they are actually a good team, and he's a very good coach. Cash over there in Tampa uh, doing a fantastic job. Did you ever do your falling? We didn't. Well, we'll do that, and we'll hear from Shaq because of bonus falling. All right, come on. Next. We've we got a little tattoo talk, by the way. Yeah, it's come. Oh, boy. Next yeah. on ESPN 690. I'm not getting one. Austin, see me out there on that Twitter yesterday? Yeah, yeah. Saw you out in the ice today? Yes, sir. I'm fired up, man. I I'm, need, I'm telling you, I need a net mover just like you are. Okay, so I want to have you. I have a job. I, I, I appreciate it. Thank you, know, I got skates on you. still calling me. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thanks, buddy. Thank you very much. I got it. You got the job? I nailed it. I think, right? I mean, is that what it's saying? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, that was Jason Christie with you, the head coach of the Iceman, earlier today. So he went for a morning skate. You yeah. showed off, sent him the, uh, the job application I through did. Twitter, which through is Twitter. a new way to apply for jobs. It's the only way to apply for jobs. You want to be the net remover yep. during the game tonight or tomorrow. Yes. The guy that, that comes off before the Zamboni comes is, on so you can go get the net. Yes. And so you showed your skating ability today during the Iceman uh, morning skate. Yes. And Coach obviously liked your skill set. He did, but uh, here's the thing. I'm not sure if he was trying to be nice to me because I was bigger than number one and there's a camera on him, number two. So that might have just been a little sweet talk. I'm not sure if he actually was genuine about it. I'm hoping we hear back from him soon because uh, my phone is overheated. So <laughs> they're trying to get in contact with me. Well, I can't respond back. Listen, if this becomes a thing, I'm your agent, so just give me a call instead. I like it. And um, I'll get a cut of that. I like it. Well, okay. I'm I mean, all we're about talking, the money. Is it 4%, 5%, bro? Is that what it is? What did your agent get? I can't remember. That's bad, isn't it? Uh, 7%, 5%? I think it was 5%, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. I think that sounds about right. Yeah. Uh, what do we got here? Let's see. Uh, Barco got out of that latest jam. He's been uh, struggling. No, I shouldn't say struggling. He's been in some situations early on. Hunter Barco, Marcel Robinson just got a shot of the gun for twi- uh, for TV tonight on CBS 47 and Fox 30. Got a shot of the radar gun. He's consistently throwing in the low 90s, and this picture on the radar gun says 91 miles an hour for the lefty from the bowl school. So we've got a bunch, a bunch of uh, uh, Major League Baseball scouts to draft a little bit more than a month away for Major League Baseball, and Hunter Barco will be drafted. It's just a matter of where and how high. Uh, the senior for the bowl school. and plus How fast got, does he throw, Brent? Uh, low 90s. He just had okay. him on the gun at 91. Wow. So uh, he's got some pretty nasty stuff. His split fingers, a big pitch for, of his. Doesn't When we had him on TV, he told me he doesn't throw the curveball or a changeup. He's developing a changeup. Okay. But uh, he throws a bunch of other stuff. And uh, the split and the fastball are big. And he throws from like that Chris Sale arm, arm slot. Okay. So when you throw from that side, first of all, it comes in a little, especially if you're a lefty, it's tough to hit. Yeah. But on top of that, I think he can disguise his pitches pretty well because he's consistent from that arm slot. Like sure. they've put a tracker on like the four different pitches that Chris Sale throws, mm-hmm. and although he's been awful in the month of April, <laughs> yeah. uh, the reason why he's had so much success is because it's hard to pick up whether he's throwing a fastball, slider, ah. splitter, because it's all coming from the same direction. Yeah, and so it makes a lot of sense, really. It, it does make sense. That's like with Josh Hader from the Brewers too. Um, you know, he only has a fastball and a slider, but the way that like the rotation that he gets from his arm angle. 
it's like it, it's like 98 miles per hour, but it's actually it appears faster than what it really is because of the way the ball is coming in with his arm angle. So, a la Randy Johnson, if you will. Ah, and uh, Mark Lowry just texted me. Don't forget about some other high school sports. Providence Fletcher rematch in lacrosse tonight for the District Five Championship. So uh, we've got some big lacrosse uh, as well. It's a spring sports season. We've got some big baseball really the next couple of weeks. Big matchups all across the area, not just this one. And then uh, some lacrosse you know, matchups too. We've got some boys and girls, some really good lacrosse teams. There's not a lot of them across the area, but there are some that are really, really good. Speaking of lacrosse, I went to go use the bathroom. I saw there was a game going on across the field over there. Why is it that the like the, the males wear like the, the hockey helmets, but the females only wear goggles? Uh, be, I think now, maybe Mark can tell me. Okay. When he texts me. Yeah. But I think, uh, in in the boys' game or men's game. Yes. You there's more uh there's more cross checking kind of rules that okay. you can do in the women's game you can't. Okay. I'm just saying. I you, think. Oh, okay. All it takes is just a, a little, you know. Like yeah, a, I know. I get it. But yeah. the goggles are protecting their eyes, of course. Yeah. But there's hey, less stick what a, action. What about your face if a stick's coming yeah. out? Well, That's listen, what I'm asking. By the way, I say that a lot about me. <laughs> what about my face? Yeah. I mean, i got to be on TV here. So yeah. I understand. Camera ready, totally. Brent Martino. Camera ready other than this beard, man. Speaking of the Iceman, i got the beard going. People good, are like, man. what are you doing? I'm like, hey, i got the <laughs> playoff beard Looking going. homeless, apparently. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, but uh, we'll keep it going as long as the Iceman win. Iceman in action tonight, 7 o'clock. Get out. By the way, $2 beers tonight at the uh, Iceland Iceman Well, then game. even if I don't get the job, I almost got to go yeah. to that. Right? <laughs> you should go. In fact, you might want to back out of the <laughs> job because <laughs> you can't drink on you the job. You probably can't drink on the job. That's, oh, that's a good point, Brent. Uh, that's yeah. a very good point. I <laughs> uh, might have just saw a home run here at Bowles. Yes, I think we did. Two-run home run um, here at the Bowles School. So I don't know who it is. We'll find out and uh, give them some credit, but Bowles just took a lead. Two to one. That's the noise in the background. All right, we're going to get on with Fallen, man. What do you got? Fallen. Let me get back. Oh, hopefully my computer didn't overheat. Oh, yeah. I teased it. Tattoos. So I want to get your thoughts on this. And to me, this is a Fallen because I think it's kind of weird. But I'm going to contradict myself a little bit here. So a Boston native got a very detailed Tiger Woods tattoo that takes up his whole thigh. I'm not sure if you've seen it or not. No, I haven't. Um, from him winning Sounds the Sounds like Masters. something I would get. Yeah. Do you find it weird to get, like, another professional athlete's, you know, body tattooed on you? Um, yes, I do. Okay. Well, because, so here was, like, the, the, the counterpoint, though. It's like, well, people get, you know, like, movies, you know, like, uh, like horror movie stars, like, are really big, you know, so people get, like, Jason tattoos or, like, Freddy tattoos. But those are fictional characters. Good point. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to think it's a weird thing, but I think the whole Tiger Woods tattoo thing is kind of weird, especially on your whole entire thigh. Yeah, I think... Um, okay, so that's Fallen. It's, it's, yeah, that's Fallen. Okay, good. So uh, I'm not in the wrong here. It'd be like getting Shaq tattoo. Uh, yeah. And Shaq apparently is Fallen. Kuz is adding it to the list today. Kuz, set this up for us again and, and uh, so we can hear it. Well, really all that happened was Shaq did a dance on his Instagram, I think it was like two days ago, so, and I guess it was well-received, so he decided to try again. And... Uh, well, he's getting a lot of comments, that's for sure. Here's uh, here's his attempt at Old Town Road. Nobody 
That sounds awful. He has the exact same voice that Russell Wilson was using for <laughs> just how everybody that he just got his money. Except he's singing with it. Must be a money thing because he's got some money too. That he does. Here's a, a, a box back of balls. <laughs> Does Shaq do the inhaler? <laughs> By the way, this is going number one on the charts. Yeah, so what? That's not going number one on the charts. No, that, no. that's uh, is Shaq okay? Like that's my my takeaway from this fall inside. I love like, it because he's shameless. Just well, no, care. I get it, but like. He's. It sounds like he's struggling for breath. Is everything okay with Shaq? Have we have we checked in on Shaq? He's too big of a man to have too big of lungs. Imagine not that to be horse. breathing properly. Imagine what kind of horse Shaq needs. <laughs> I don't think. Uh, I don't think he's on the off-season conditioning program. I guess voluntary not. Or involuntary. And Kuz, to answer your question about what kind of horse he needs, I've seen a horse that can carry Ed Oliver standing up. So oh, I'm yeah. sure there's a there's a horse Quarter out there that can horse that can stand thorough well. bread. Yes. There we go. Uh, Shout out to the racers. Hey, hey, how cool would this be right here? The NFL recently announced tickets for 100 years. This is a once-in-a-lifetime fan contest that offers season tickets to a winning fan's favorite NFL team for the next 100 years. Man. <laughs> Obviously, you can pass them down, I'm assuming. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's kind of cool, right? Wait, so it's a contest or you have to pay for it? No, it's a contest. So uh, okay. the winning entries actually came from someone in Alabama for the Detroit Lions, God bless them, uh, someone from <laughs> Pennsylvania, Philadelphia Eagles, and Williamsburg, Virginia for the New York Giants. So they have three finalists. They a hundred years uh, the Detroit Lions. <laughs> I might have another home run we just saw. Someone's doing some yard work out here. Yes, I think that makes it uh, four to one. Looks like a two-run homer once again for uh, the bowl school, and they jump on top four to one just like that. Oh, yeah. But anyway, 100 years, man, that'd be that's a good prize to win, though. I mean, tickets are expensive to the NFL. Yeah. We just learned I mean, all about that today. 100 years is a big commitment. Mean, like you said, we could pass it down, but 100 years is a big commitment. Like, are people going to even be into football in, in 25 years? Yeah, like, we, we don't know, Brent. Hey, Giants and Eagles, too, that's not easy. There's probably waiting. Like, Giants have a waiting list, I think, that's been forever. Yeah, I'm not mistaken. I imagine. So, uh, that's a pretty good prize to win if they end up winning that. All right, when we come back, more to come, including getting back to the football side of things, the schedule. How will the Jaguars do in 2019? We will reveal the predictions next. Hey, Coos, that's a good reminder right there. Are we supposed to give away some tickets to Monster Jam? Yes, we are. Thanks for reminding me, Coos. That was my reminder, playing him to remind you. <laughs> you did, actually. That's what I was saying. Thanks for my reminder. Yeah. That reminded me. So let's do it. This is coming up to the finals in Orlando, right? Yes. So let's give away uh, some tickets. How about it? Go down to This Orlando. is the granddaddy. This is the world championships, Brent. We had Dennis Anderson on a few weeks back. That was yep. a lot of fun and uh, talked about it. And it's a big event down in Orlando for Monster Jam. How about, uh, what do you like? Caller number what? Uh, what's the score right now? Let's Four to one. Let's edit bowls. So, I uh, want to do five again? Five? Uh, I think we always do five. five. Yeah. Oh, we can do five for Bortles or seven for Foles. Hmm. Let's do five. Okay, five it is. Uh, five it is. Caller number five nine zero four three six two nine nine zero one. Did I get the number right, Coos? <laughs> you did. Nine zero four three six two nine nine zero one, and you can uh, win tickets to uh, Monster Jam in Orlando coming up in the uh, middle of May. You know, I reached out to Garth Brooks on Twitter yesterday. What did he say? Nothing yet. 
Okay. I wanted to get Garth Brooks on the show, but you know how hard it is to try to find people that know Garth Brooks or the contacts or the PR people or the marketing people yeah. for Garth Brooks? Yeah, I it's can only really imagine. Hard. So now Dude, I'm, I'm going right. Saturday night to Garth Brooks. Uh, with the kids. And, Is it, so and my wife. that's going to be at the amphitheater, right? No, no, it's or, in Gainesville. Oh, it's in Gainesville. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, He's doing sorry, all stadium shows. Did uh, one at Notre right. Dame, okay. and they put it on TV. He's doing this one in the swamp. Gotcha. 75,000. Yep. Listen, I know uh, you're not a country guy, not necessarily like Garth Brooks guy, but... Oh, I, I'm a Garth Brooks guy, Brent. I told the story where I sang Garth Brooks in the middle of Tootsie's downtown in Tennessee. Yeah, Nashville, was Tennessee. it Friends in Low Places? Yes, sir. Oh, okay. Yeah. Awesome. That was, see, you are a Garth Brooks yeah. guy. But either way, I'm a fan of uh, entertainers. Mm-hmm. Like, I like Garth Brooks. I like his music. I mean, I, yep. I got into country music because of Garth Brooks. Like, yep. I'm a huge Garth Brooks fan. No, for sure. But, like, one of my, like, we meet all these athletes. I got to meet Garth Brooks and take a picture with him a couple years ago. He seems like a pretty cool dude, and too. He was, like, he's the guy when everybody says, hey, who would you go want to have a beer with? I think Garth Brooks Garth would be Brooks a fun guy to go have a beer with. Would you rather have a beer with Garth Brooks or uh, Chris Gaines? <laughs> Definitely Garth Probably Brooks. Garth Brooks, right? So, yeah. um,. <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, I just think it would be a lot of fun. So I wanted to get him on talking some sports, but I don't think it's going to happen. But what I'm thinking is I reached out on Twitter, and I don't usually do that. I don't really like that method. Mm-hmm. But I said, you know what? I can't get in touch with him, so I'm going to reach out to say, hey, we tried like heck. We'll see you Saturday in the swamp. I haven't heard back. Well, you should have told me. I'm going to start retweeting it and That's okay. pumping the gas I'm not going to hear bit. back. I have no intention of Brent, hearing you got to have some fine. faith, man. But what I'm thinking is should I make a sign? Should I make a sign for the concert <laughs> right in the swamp? What is he going to say? I want to make a sign and say, hey, call into ESPN 690. <laughs> now, this could be good marketing. So if I bring the sign in yeah. to the stadium, and what I really should do is just have the kids hold it up because that would be cute and True. stuff, right? True. But like, my dad wants you to call into ESPN 690. <laughs> or, 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 I mean, if you really want to pump the gas here, Brent, when he's singing, I don't know, like a, like a banger, like uh Standing outside the fire, you know, oh, like when the, I like when the, you know, when the crowd's really song? interactive and yeah. everything, and the crowd's getting going a little bit, that's when you hop the stage and get on stage for <laughs> a couple seconds, hold the sign, and hey, I'm not going to lie, Brent, you're probably going to get tackled, you're probably going to get punched in the face, but hey, that's what you got to do for the brand sometimes, I right? think so. uh, I think Austin just promoted concert violence. Well, uh, not concert violence, but I'm just, I'm trying to promote the, the show, and I think if you hopped on the stage during standing outside the fire, maybe Baton Rouge would be a good one, too, uh, the crowd's involved. Well, that's just, just name dropping right I now. I did want to ask him. I wanted him to come on the show, and I want to say, all right, what? You've got to play Colin Baton Rouge, but we you're going to play it in the Ooh, swamp. I didn't think about that. Right? Yeah. So What's was, the crowd going to be like for that? I don't know. That's what I want to know. I can't wait. I'm interested to see like what the crowd is like for that. Well, uh, Brent, I, I, I encourage you to keep on trying, man. Keep reaching out. In, in case you, uh, I haven't probably haven't told you, but I've been reaching out to Jeff Bezos, actually, because you told me I couldn't be friends with him. <laughs> and I, I, you're actually laughing like, like I'm not telling the truth right now. So um, I'm, I'm hitting up some people that may or may not have connections, and I'm trying to get Jeff Bezos to email me back saying we're going to play at the Masters. Um, Seriously, I I didn't say nice things about him, so hopefully he doesn't call. <laughs> well, just saying. <laughs> I mean, okay, so let me ask you this: If he sends me an email, is that good enough for you? That'd be good. Okay, cool. I'd be interested. Yeah, that'd be really good. Okay, cool. Uh, good. All right. Hey, uh, let's go with the schedule. What do you think? Did you do it? We had homework to do. <laughs> we did. Yeah. Again. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. I ended up doing. It. I'm just kidding. Yes. Who? Who? My coos? Of course I did the homework. Coos. There's no way coos did it. Coos, did you do the homework? They win six games next year. They win six games next year. Six and ten, that's it, huh? That's rough. All right. All right, Brent. I'm a harsh judge. Should we just go back and forth each game, or what are we thinking here? Yeah, and then well, but you got to count like you count the uh, the W's, right? That I did, yes. 
and I, I have notes uh, why each game's going to go the way it's going to go, I think. Wow, you even have notes. Yes. All right, go ahead. <clears throat> Are you ready? Yep. Because we're coming out hot, Brent. You might have to do this over two segments if you don't hurry. All right, Kansas City Chiefs coming to Jacksonville. I have the Jaguars winning the first game wow. of the season against the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay. I think weather is going to be a factor here. I think teams come here in the summertime and they start to wilt a little bit, especially Kansas City. I think Kansas City strives in in midseason to postseason kind of play where they have chance to prepare and everything. They don't know what kind of Jacksonville Jaguars are coming to get them. I got the Jaguars beating the Chiefs. How about that? I've got a loss. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, away, I have them losing to Houston. You know what? I have them beating Houston. Okay, so e- either way, we're going to go I think early one and season, one right see, now. What's interesting early in the season, to your point of view, it's not as far-fetched as you think. But the the thing about it is you don't know how teams are going to come out of the gates. Exactly. And so I think you can catch a team like Kansas City. Well, right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that carries over into week two. And I think you end up splitting the first two games one way or another, so I'm going Houston, you get a win. And that's a big road win, too. Well, another thing with Kansas City, when Patrick Mahomes has struggled, it's been from the pressure coming up the middle. I think the Jaguars have the players right now to pressure him up the middle, and that's going to be the deciding factor. Uh, We go uh, to home against Tennessee Titans. I haven't beaten the Titans on Thursday night. I do, too. You know, I think it's the easiest game of the year because I think it's hard to play on the road in Thursday night football. Exactly, and especially kind of being called the – Brother, you know, the smaller brother that the whole, I don't know, past three, four years, it's time for them to step up on, on national television. I think they get the job done. Uh, oh, then we're going to we're going to Denver, right? Yep. I have them winning again. I think they beat the Denver Broncos. Oh my gosh, you got them three and one. They're out three of the and gates. one right now out of the gate. Again? Yes. I haven't beaten the Denver Broncos. I have a loss. So okay. I've got them two and two after the first month. Are, are you? Are you? Do you think Denver's legit? Like, are you? No, but I do think it's hard to play there. Hard to play there. You keep going on the road. It's not easy. I, I mean, I got them beating Houston, mm-hmm. but yeah, I think uh, I think Denver, the 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 air, the you know, I think Flacco kind of can um, manage a game. Yeah, I mean, I think Flacco can <laughs> Hand beat the you. Ball you know, Flacco's got some good football left in him. I okay, think. okay. Uh, then we're going to Carolina. I got him losing. Got him losing Carolina, which what might be an upset because I feel like Carolina coming into this next season isn't really favored at all. But I think Carolina's a hard place to play. Christian McCaffrey is uh, a stud, to say the least. And it's, I'm, I'm curious to see if Jackson has the linebackers to match up with him. Oh, oh, the linebackers look like. That's a really fun one to uh, think about when you get to the Carolina game. I've got them beating Carolina. Okay. On the road. So you got them 3-2 right now? 3-2. and two. Okay. Home against the Saints. Unfortunately, I think New Orleans comes in here and beats the Jaguars. 3-3. Three and, three. and this is, by the way, one of the games that you might steal even though it doesn't make sense. To me, this like you have them stealing Kansas City. Yes. I could see them stealing the Saints, but I got them as a loss. Going to Cincinnati, I have them beating Cincinnati. I've got them losing to Cincinnati. Interesting. To the same point where down the road I'm going to have them likely steal a game. Okay. I think you, I think you lose a game that you should win. Mm-hmm. Or at least on paper you'd say, ah, Cincinnati, Cincinnati. I'm going to think that's one of the games. Uh, next, we got the Jets at home. I'm taking a win. I got a win. Five and three. The, uh, we got Houston at home, six and three, because they're, they're going to win. I got to win. Okay. Because of London, I like the win. So exactly. They always play well. They play decent. So by the way, I have them ever. at this stage. I have them five and four. You have them six and three. Got them six and three. Oh, we are cruising. Ratings are high on CBS 47 and Fox yeah. 30. All access is rocking on Monday nights. Austin Lane, Sunshine Pumper, come and get some. Uh, away, we're going to Indianapolis. Got them losing to the Colts. I do too. 
away, going to the Tennessee Titans. I have them losing the Titans, and now all of a sudden we're starting to skid a little bit. Oh, now, now we're now we're the Jags are six and five. Now now the Jags are six and five. By the way, I look at the schedule and I see two critical parts: the end of October, where it's at Cincy, the Jets, and Texans going into uh, London in early November. Mm. I think that's a critical stretch to make up ground they might have lost early on, potentially. Mm-hmm. So you can't panic if they're out of the gates and they're like 2-5. and Because yep. I think you could go win three in a row and get right back in the mix by the bye week. I think you got to be careful to panic early, even if they're getting off to a slow start. It's a difficult stretch yep. at the start, and especially since you're on the road. But I also believe in the AFC South, this is a huge stretch. 17th and 24th at Indy at Tennessee. That's yeah. a big stretch, mm-hmm. and I've got them losing those two games on the road. As do I. I'm losing the Titans as well. So now the Jags are back to 6-5. and five. Next game, they're coming home against the Tampa, Day, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Definitely winning that game. 7-5 and five, Jaguars. I've got them as a win, too, yep. Okay. How about the Chargers? Oof. This is one this I have one them was, stealing, by the way. See, this, this is a West Coast team coming to the East Coast, but I think I think the Chargers are loaded, and I have them beating the Jaguars, so the Jaguars are 7-6. All right, the last three games and the final record, what we think will happen here as we sit in April, a week away so, from the draft. All right, so, so Brent, so where are you sitting right now, then? Where, where are the Jaguars, the uh, record? I've got them at 2-2, uh, 3-2, two 3-4, two, and and 5-4, and four, five and 6 Seven and six. As do I. Seven and six. Let's see where this we'll goes. Round out. out the schedule next on ESPN 690. We had a good baseball game going on here at the Bulls School. Four runs in the bottom of the second for the Bulldogs. But here comes Providence now, scratching a couple across and still batting in the top of the third. It's a 4-3 game. Uh, one of the best baseball games you'll be able to find in the area this year in high school baseball, probably in the state of Florida, maybe even across the country. Uh, two really talented teams led by Hunter Barco. Uh, for Bowles, who, you know, he's been touched a little bit here in this one. He certainly has been a lights out, probably not his best stuff. And uh, on the other side, you've got Nathan Hickey, who's been smashing home runs all year for Providence, and Tyler Callahan, South Carolina commit. All three of those guys likely to get drafted in the upcoming Major League Baseball draft, just a matter of how high they will go. And we mentioned those three guys, but know this, there's a lot of good baseball players on both of those squads uh, that go deeper down the list. I uh, just can't name them all. Brett Martineau, Austin Lane, and you know what time it is on a get it. Thursday edition Iceman playoff game. The Shrimp Home tonight, little high school baseball here, schedule release last night, Thirsty state of Thursday. the franchise, a week away from the NFL draft. Whew, it's happy hour horn time. Grab a drink, get a shot, and tip your star tenders, and try not to break your mic on your headset while you're at it, too. <laughs> and also try not to My say. bad. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> hey, by the way, locally owned tequila right here in Jacksonville made tequila Mexico shipped directly to Jack's Beach. Make your own recipes with Vida de Luis tequila, one of the smoothest tequilas you will ever taste. For locations, recipes, and merchandise, visit VidaDeLuis.com. Find Vida de Luis in your favorite bars, restaurants, and liquor stores. Must be at least 21 to drink. And, of course, drink 
responsibly as we get back to the Jacksonville Jaguars discussion and we continue to go through yep. uh, the Jaguars schedule. A lot of comments, too, about our predictions so far. They don't like them? Uh, Are we crazy? Mr. Are we homers? Mr. Pico Boulevard says that the Packers did just fine weather in the home opener a few years back. Well, how did the New England Patriots do last year? Yeah, they melted. Okay, then. And we won the Super Bowl that week here in Jacksonville. Well, yeah, and the Patriots ended up being a pretty good team that year, right? This past <laughs> season, if I'm not mistaken? They certainly did. All right, so let's get back into it here. Uh, going to Oakland, correct? Oh, not Oakland anymore. Where are they going? No, no, they're the Raiders. That's where they're Oakland? playing. I don't know if it's going to be in Vegas. I don't know what's going on with the Raiders. Uh, playing in Oakland. I don't, I don't like those West Coast games, Brent. I really don't. But I'm taking the Jaguars here. I am. You are. I am. Um, so am I. <laughs> oh, okay. You, you acted like it was a, a, a shock. But, I mean, it makes you nervous, though, correct? That, that well, West Coast yeah. trap. The West Coast of Jacks yeah. have been miserable at, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. But I think they need a win. They're going to get. They're going to be on a little hot streak there in early December, mm-hmm. and they win that game going to Atlanta. Logic would tell me to say that they're going to win, but I have the Falcons winning the game. And I do, too. I, I have the Jaguars losing. Why would Logic tell you they're going to win? They're going on the road against Atlanta. Atlanta should be well, pretty good. And, well, because I'm thinking of Atlanta from last year, and that doesn't say much because you see the Jaguars from last year as well. Um, I think the problem with Atlanta last year was they had a lot of people hurt on defense. A lot of those guys are coming back now. They're going to be healthier. So I think with the, with the Falcons' defense and just uh, – you know, the weapons that they have on offense are too much. Yeah, I agree. And I think they lose. And that could be a critical game at home for the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. I remember that part of it, too. Yep. You, know, you never then, know what situation the other teams are in. And uh, this sounds weird to say, but to close out the season, the Jaguars are at home taking on the Colts. And I have the Jaguars losing. Do you to the really? Colts. I, oh, you have, you're scarred from the time you guys lost to them at the last that, game. Well, yeah, and I'm just scarred from watching Andrew Luck always seems to perform like you know when it's crunch time and i think the colts are going to be vying for a for a division championship and i think they come into jacksonville get it done so i have the jaguars going nine and seven on the season all right which could be a wild card spot i have them winning that last game which is important because in my record i have the jags four and two in the division which puts a nine and seven record that's funny so you end up nine seven nine and seven yeah i did too one two three four wait a minute Hold on a second. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, just to double check. Mm-hmm. So I have them nine and seven, and I have them doing well in the division, though. I have them with uh, a split with Tennessee, um, a sweep of Houston, and a split with Indy. So if you do that, my belief is always if you take care of business in the AFC South and have a winning record, and if you do well at home, and that's a little shaky at times, but overall they'll have a winning record at home. I think that's the formula to make the postseason. So we'll see where nine and seven would shake out. But uh, I got the Jags at nine and seven. All right, so we agreed. We well, uh, and here's we didn't take the same roads to get there, yeah, we but did we, not. we ended we up at the same destination. We certainly did not. And here's here's the bigger thing. The bigger thing is. How much does Nick Foles make a difference, right? When you look at this schedule, where is the ga- where are the games where Nick Foles, $88 million, upgrade over Blake Bortles, pays off for you? You know, we know this. The Jags might have some injuries. They might have some defensive guys who hurt. They might have a catastrophic injury. They have the last couple of years. I'm, catastrophic might be a little much, but Allen Robinson, Marquise Lee, they've had those kind of injuries. What they won't have next year is 16 offensive linemen play. I just don't see it. <laughs> it won't happen. Yeah. That was an anomaly. Yeah. So where in does a guy like Foles make up one game, two games, potentially even three games? Now, 
They were 5-11 and last year, so this is a four-game turnaround. So what I'm doing essentially is saying, I think Nick Foles gets you two wins somewhere along the way. And I also believe two wins are credited to the bad luck of last year with all the injuries and mm-hmm. everything else. So that's where I come up with 9-7. and seven. I think it's reasonable. That's reasonable. Um, you're asking what games do you think that's going to show? I think a great leader and a great quarterback, it shines two ways. Number one, obviously, if you have a great quarterback and a leader, he's going to lead you against the games that you shouldn't win. He's going to lead you maybe against the Saints, maybe against uh, Ed Houston to start out the season, maybe against the Chiefs, the first game of the season where you're going to be uh, an underdog. I mean, that, that, that's what the leaders brought there, too. But I also think a great quarterback and a great leader is going to allow you to win the games that you're supposed to win. Tampa Bay coming to Jacksonville, the Jaguars should win that game. With everything that we know right now, I know, granted, injuries happen and whatnot, and we, we, we can't predict the future. We don't have a crystal ball. But from what we know right now, I feel that the Jaguars should definitely beat the Bucks, guaranteed, when, when the Bucks come to Jacksonville. And the easiest, Is it the easiest game on the schedule? In I, terms of, okay, I'm, I'm like going to be honest. Minutes. Yeah, that, or, I mean, definitely the easiest game, but I think the, the Jets are a game you have to win, too, with, with the Jets coming to Jacksonville as well. I think the easiest game on the schedule, I mean, even with, this, is even Tennessee. With <laughs> yeah. How about that? Is that weird to say or what? I get it. Yeah, they can't beat Tennessee. Well, my point is that Thursday night or at home is a big advantage, and I think it's a huge advantage. Now, is it as much of an advantage early in the season as in late in the season? Probably not, but I still think it's a big enough advantage, decided advantage. There's going to, If there's one team the Jags want to beat in 2019, much like if there was one team the Jags wanted to beat last year in 2018, it was the Patriots. Well, this year, if there's one team the Jags have circled on that cal- the calendar, and they have it twice on their calendar, is the Tennessee Titans. They were embarrassed by the Titans. Like, well, I would have Derrick Henry's numbers all over that weight room. Let's not kid ourselves. If we're, if we're going from last year's performance of these teams and everything that we just we talked about, you know, with the wins and losses, I mean, if you're a Jaguars fan right now, you look at the first four games, you have the Chiefs the te- at Houston, Tennessee coming in then at Denver. I mean, if you're a fan, you could be thinking, man, is this going to be an 0 4 start? Because those are those are all hard games. They are, yeah, um, they're they're hard for different games. reasons. I mean, I would say, yeah, the Titans game Thursday night should be a win, especially in Jacksonville. But the Titans have had the Jacksonville number for a long time now. So who's to say it's not going to keep on happening? Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, until you see a different outcome, one would say that the Tennessee Titans could come into Jacksonville and easily win Thursday night. Absolutely. Hey, let's get to stay in your lane, or at least the start of it right now, if you got it, uh, if you have it handy. Yeah, let's go uh, ahead. Austin and... Lane, as we uh, continue to be live here at the Bowl School, Providence and Bowls playing, and we're all tied up. How about Providence? Yeah. They come back now, scored another run in the top of the fourth, and it is tied up four apiece. Both teams with five hits as we play the top of the fourth. So, cruise control, I'm, I'm just going to, we talked about it a little bit, I'm going to talk about it a little more. Uh, we've talked a lot of hockey lately on the show, Brent, whether it's the teams you would see in a bar, and by the way, the the Lightning and um, I think who else got bounced out now. I'm, I'm drawing a blank. The Lightning are out. I don't know, but Calgary also a number one Calgary seed is down is three to one to Colorado. By yeah, the way, and yeah. that's another eight one matchup. Yeah, yeah. So interesting what's happening in the NHL playoffs. But also, uh, so we'll be talking some playoffs and whatnot. But I want to give a shout out to the Jackson Weissman um, wholeheartedly. Uh, I got to skate with them a little bit today. 
they were, they were super cool. You know, I mean, at first I think they kind of felt like, who's this guy coming in? Like, is he taking our jobs? Because I had the Iceman jersey, I had the skates and everything, and I had a gloves and a, and a stick. So once I established that, no, I'm not there to, for tryouts or anything like that. This is more of a fun skate around. Uh, the, the, some of the guys are really cool with me and everything. They did so. just bring in some reinforcement from Manitoba. That's what I Manitoba. heard. Yeah, yeah. So, and I'll tell you another thing, too, that was really cool. It's awesome hanging around hockey guys because they remind me of everybody back in Wisconsin because they, they have that accent. Yeah. Most of them are from Canada or, like, the northern region. So um, it was refreshing kind of hearing those accents a little bit. So today. I saw you, when we saw the video, we'll, we'll tweet out the video here in a little bit. Yeah. But when we saw it, you were skating, but it looked like in an empty arena. Yeah, so what, so what, what, did you, what else did you do? So what ended up happening was is I met with the team. Uh, they're finishing up practice, and then they let me go on the ice by myself, literally. Well, I think the first thing was going to be they're going to, like, Pass me the puck and everything, but yeah. then once I saw I could I could skate pretty well, they're like, "Oh, dude, you got it. Just go do whatever you want to do." I'm like, "All right." So, uh, so yeah, so I just got some ice time to myself, and uh, some of the players were watching and everything, and uh, giving me some advice, and that was cool. And then the way it worked out was, is when I was done skating, well, then the other team came out. So then we had the Florida Everblades, and uh, did you trip any of them? No, I didn't trip any of them. But well, I was I nervous because Icemen are down two nothing. So, so I know, right? They get all the help they can get. Uh, <laughs> I was nervous because Alex, the, the guy that was kind of running the whole thing here for me. Um, um, I was like, well, I'm wearing the Iceman jersey. Like, should I get off the bench? Because they might think I'm scouting them. They're like, oh, no, it's all right. They're really cool. So ended up chatting with a couple Everblades players as well. We talked MMA. We talked some hockey and stuff. But just, you know, super cool guys. So, uh, and then obviously I talked to Coach a little bit as well, as you heard from the little sound bite we did. And he was nice. We had a nice conversation. We we established, Brent, that since I had to talk golf for a week, we're going to get you on the ice. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, that's, that's what he said. I'm like, all right. I'm in, Coach, uh, and obviously Brent's going to be in, too. So Yeah, that's not good. So I just wanted to give a shout-out to the Iceman. I mean, listen, uh, playoff hockey is special regardless of the league, if it's the NHL, if it's the league that the Jacks Weissman are playing in. So I encourage people to go check it out tonight because we, Brent, we went to a game uh, probably about a month ago now yep. against Atlanta, and, and that was a crazy environment. But now it gets pushed up to 10. You know, now it's the playoffs. Totally different. Um, it's a different vibe. It's a different feel. It's, it's different when you're a fan there. Exactly. You can feel it. It's, it's $2 beers. I mean, what more do you people want? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, I encourage everybody, get out there, check out the Iceman game. And, hey, and maybe you're going to see me uh, between the intermissions if, if I get the job. All right. 7 yeah. o'clock, by the way, tonight, they dropped the puck uh, down there at the arena. Iceman down 2 nothing to the Florida Everblades. Uh, we will have ESPN 690, Action Sports Jacks, on the road tomorrow at the arena for game number four of the ECHL playoffs. So come on down tonight and tomorrow. Let's go watch some playoff hockey, and maybe you can see uh, Austin skate. The guy can skate. We'll I'm going to tweet the video. I'm going to show you. I think he got the job. Okay. Well, pump your brakes. And back to the Jags and Shad Khan next on ESPN 690. Hey, Coos, how's the NBA playoffs going? They're going great. Magic play tomorrow. Have they settled down? Uh, How about the whole Dur- Durant, Beverly stuff? I, I'm here for it, man. I love that kind of stuff. <laughs> but you can tell it's under his skin a bit. Oh, Durant. I, I would have punched him in the face already, honestly. The way that he's uh, acting towards Durant right now is, man, what I get it. What do you think it, about that? Rodman made a career out of it, right? Yeah. Uh, hey, by the way, Kevin Durant, just look down the uh, bench a little bit, buddy, and you got Draymond, Draymond Green, Green. <laughs> who does the same stuff. Not no, maybe as sure. intense, but... What do you think about that? I mean, don't, you saw it in football. I mean, you got to get in guys' no, well, heads sometimes, don't you? Brent, there's a reason why basketball is never really my sport, and that's got a lot to do with it. Basketball is, is 
very mental, and that's not to say fighting's not mental either, but the difference with the fighting is you can actually be physical as well. You can do something about it. Whatnot. Yeah, in basketball, you just got to sit there and take it because you don't get a technical foul. And um, that was a problem that I had in high school basketball was I would average like three or four fouls in the first two minutes. So, <laughs> yeah, just uh, not surprising. Kevin Durant's a better person than I am. I'm sure he does a lot of yoga, a lot of meditation, but uh, he's a better man than I am. That's all I'm going to say. Um, all right. We'll go with that. Kuz, I mean, Kuz, you're a basketball player. W- would you have uh, hit him by now before what he's doing, like grabbing him around the waist and talking about that smack? I'm gonna. I'm pretty. I'm pretty good at hiding uh, it at work, but I have a pretty short temper. So yeah, I probably would have lost it already. Oh, I find that hard to believe, Coos. Come on, I wasn't hitting anybody. I know. I you, you never know, man. Stuff like that gets you pretty <laughs> pissed. Trying to hold back the temper right now. By the way, Coos, if you haven't hit me by now, I don't think you'll ever hit anybody. No, but that's, we're at work, you know. You don't. You don't <laughs> hit your coworkers. <laughs> don't want to get fired. Right. <laughs> Um, I get it. I get it. Hey, one uh, one other note before we get back to uh, uh, stay in your lane. You know, one thing I didn't ask about another home run. Wow, another home run. Ball flying out of the yard. It's the hot, but it's still some yard out. Here. Yeah, the wind is kind of blowing out though. Yeah, guys are hitting it out of here. How far can you hit a baseball? Far enough, Brent. Come on. Far enough. I got a feeling you can do a lot. I've been impressed yeah. with your athletic ability. I really have. Okay. I told you yesterday, I said, you can even swing a golf club. And we're working on that. Yeah. You were going to play 18 That's holes, you and Coos, and we're going to figure it out. Yeah. But what well, I was going to say, Coos, if me and you're playing golf, you think Patrick Beverly's bad? Just wait till me and you get on the golf course. <laughs> we need to be mic'd see, up. see how I'm going to act. We need to be mic'd up for the whole thing. <laughs> okay. That's fine. Just I'm saying get ready. Um. So, yeah, you're good. I mean, you're a good athlete. I, Thanks, I, but man. I don't know if you could hit a baseball. Ba- so, you know, baseball is a hard – hitting a baseball, like, at a high level, is the hardest thing to do in sports. For real? It is. Okay. So, sounds like a challenge to me. Well, what other sport can you go three for ten and be considered a Hall of Famer or potentially a Hall of Famer? Uh, that's, a good, that's, a good, uh, that's a good statement. I mean, you can't complete 30% of your passes as a quarterback. Yeah. We've had some guys around here that tried. You can't <laughs> shoot 30% from the field and be an MVP. You know? Unless you're James Harden, apparently, but yeah, Greek Freak's got something to say about that. I mean, uh, it really is the hardest yeah, thing to do. Yeah, that in is sports. the hardest thing, I would say, for uh, sure. It, it just the idea of it, the the geometry of it, the the physics of it. It's 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 hard. I mean, I, I've been to batting cages and had it all the way up, and yeah, it's not easy. What amazes so. me is some of the guys that hit 350, 368, Daniel Murphy, and mm-hmm. and. Well, whoever, name your guy, Mookie Betts, those kind of guys. Like, man, they make it look easy sometimes, and it is incredible yeah. to watch a major leaguer hit and just how good they are at hitting. Much like I, you know what I always am amazed at in the NBA is how regular guys hit 10 to 12 footers. Like, it's automatic for guys in the NBA. Yeah. If you watch a college game, it's not. Yeah. But in the NBA, a 12-footer is money. Almost all the time, it's like that is not an easy shot. True. They make it look easy, but and I get that's all they I'm, do. That's their job. Yeah, but, but I'm not amazing. as impressed with that as I am to like hitting a hundred mile per hour fastball or like any kind of pitch because like they say, like the great hitters can see like the, the stitches and maybe you can attest to this, Brent. Like the great hitters can like see like the laces and the, the way the laces are yes. going yes. are what you know what, what pitch is coming at you. I mean, excuse me, you have like point something seconds to decide what pitch it's going to be, and then you have to react off that. That's insane. It is. That uh, that's kooky. <laughs> that's kooky. Very yeah. Good. Uh, all that's right. One last talk. thing before we get to uh, stay in your lane. Oh yeah. Speaking of kooky you know, talk, you up. brought up golf, and I talked. Uh, we talked a lot of golf earlier in the week. But the one thing we didn't say about Tiger Woods, <laughs> when he got to 15, how many more majors do you think he wins? Does he catch Jack? 
He needs three more? Yes. He's 43 years old. He's that old, huh? I guess yeah. I didn't think that. Okay. Um, oh, so it's probably like 53 compared to his body. Yeah. But Well, that and his hair as well. Um, <laughs> sorry, Tiger. Uh, does he get it done? Yeah. Yeah. He gets the 18. Yeah, because I'm a, I'm a fan of the storyline. I'm a fan of the narrative. So it's almost me being a fan of wanting to see him do it. I guess I'm trying to speak it into an existence. Yeah, you know, and I've tried to avoid that, right? Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm a fan. And, and I would like to see him get there because I'd be like, how oh, you people that said he couldn't get there. And I will say this. I have not been adamant about I was adamant that he'd win another. Mm-hmm. I was adamant that he'd win more golf tournaments. He will break Sam Snead's record maybe even this year. But I, I am still stuck on the fact three more majors is a lot. It's not easy. Yeah. And he, he's been knocking on that door. He's, these are good courses this year. Does it project? It absolutely projects. But I'm still not convinced he wins 18. That's not in my belly right now. I don't got. I don't have this like. Yes, he's doing it. I know he's going to do it. It's. I still think he has to show a little bit more. So uh, we'll see what happens. Well, but I didn't want, well, we never followed that up. That was the only thing we didn't talk about Tiger with. Will he catch Jack? And I wanted to ask you. Brent, that. you didn't answer the question. If you had to put money down right now, is Tiger Woods going to break Jack Nicholas's record? I would say. I would say if I had to answer it, no. Okay. Dang. Uh, um, Dang, Brent. I think he's going to win a lot more golf tournaments, though. Yeah. But winning majors is different. Speak it into existence, man. Stay Wait. positive. Yeah. I, listen, I'd love to see it happen, but <laughs> okay. uh, I'm not sure it's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, let's you, get you, to you uh, stay you in your lane. Stay in your lane. This is uh. Is this aggressive? I, I, this is. I'm pushing the boundaries here. Oh boy, we're at a high school now. We're at the bowl school. Uh, well, it's, I mean, gonna be honest, this is not the environment to share this pump your brakes, but I'm going to do it anyways. All right. Um, Brent, have you ever don't, suffered? Don't, don't, don't yell! <laughs> I can't even say what this right is. <laughs> Brent, have you ever suffered from altitude fatigue? You know what? No, it is a thing. Seriously? Oh, it's definitely a thing. You've never been to Denver or like Colorado? I have, but I haven't suffered from it. You didn't go on a treadmill and run a little bit? Uh, not, not when I was there. Just, <laughs> just went to the bars. Okay. Well, Brent, I mean, for athletes, it, it can be a real thing. Um, in Union de Santa Fe, a soccer team in Argentina may have found a way to combat the fatigue due to altitude by providing their players a big-time advantage. Do you care to take a guess what they're doing to give the players a leg up? Should I remind you that we're at the bowl school again? High school kids? Sorry. Go ahead. I don't know the guess. Take take a guess. I was thinking it would be alcohol-related. No, it's something to do with with your bloodstream, but it's not alcohol-related. Viagra. Nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So so the team is taking Viagra, and I'm trying to say that as quietly as possible with people <laughs> well, standing next to me. That's not a bad word. You're well, okay with right. that, but you can shout, grab a drink, get a shot, and, stiff you, and tip your star tender? <laughs> well, we didn't, yeah, we didn't shout it today. Okay, oh, okay, so, okay. So, they're, <laughs> so they're taking Viagra, and uh, apparently one of the effects of the high altitude is that it leaves your body with an increased pressure, which creates vascular constriction. Basically, the arteries become small around the lungs, hurting a person's airflow. This decreases the interchange of oxygen and carbon dioxide, and that's where the Viagra comes into play. Supposedly, it widens the blood vessels that surround the lungs, making you breathe easier, making you more of an athlete in high-altitude training. Well, so Brent, here we question go. is, I mean, week four. I'm saying, are we, we going to go to Denver and <laughs> really take it on the road, or what? what Jags thinking? at Denver. Yeah. Spikes. Gatorade. Uh, Gum. Yeah. I mean, Helmets. Mouthpiece. Dumb buttons ready. Viagra. Do we go to Milo right now and share this information with him and say, hey, Milo? I bet he's uh, he knows all about it, and he might have to use it. 
Oh, get cheese bread. Oh, okay. Or, or should I say distribute it? There Sorry, we go. <laughs> okay. Wow. Shots have been fired completely. Yeah. <laughs> Might have to distribute it. And and I was worried about me going over the line, but Brent Martineau takes us there. Uh, wow. That's an interesting stay in your lane right there. But that's educational. Well, and it I was, a, it was really a soccer works. team. It was sports related. So yeah. I, I tied it I'm all t- together. You go all around the globe when you go stay in your lane I try. and fall in and fall in. I try. Because, I, I, hey, maybe I'll, I'll put it on Twitter and someone typing in Soccer Viagra. This will come up and we'll get a, an, another view out of it. Yeah, Mike, another view or even Another a sponsorship are you reading that one <laughs> no man and th- th- those, those are around by the way too there's a lot of those out there yeah, that absolutely are... right here on this show on i'm not reading 690. it i'm all good sorry no no amount of money can make me read that spot it's okay don't be bashful i am bashful i'll read it don't you worry i'll read it for you guys that <laughs> a baby Coos. Coos read anything that a baby go get it hey Coos, let's take a time out when we come back we'll uh hear from shot con whoa We'll, Sorry, uh, got excited. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ESPN 690, we're just trying to make it. Dude. <laughs> I have no comment. We'll be back. Forget about the tease. <laughs> And here we are, Jacksonville honoring our 25th season. And with the continued support of our fans and partners, combined with the realization of our vision for downtown, 25 years from now, we're still going to be here bigger and better. Well, there you go. ShotCon today at the State of the Franchise for the Jacksonville Jaguars, an annual event that kind of illustrates the uh, vision of the franchise, what's going on with tickets and revenue and all these other things. Oh, sweet Caroline. Boom, boom, boom. Oh, yeah. Boy, it's too bad the Red Sox stink right now. You ever been Is to Fenway a, Park? I've never been to Fenway Park, no. Sorry, I, I, I interrupt what I'm uh, saying because of sweet Caroline. Yeah, but sometimes you got to. The only problem with seven-inning baseball would be sweet Caroline would have to be moved because it gets played in the eighth inning in... Fenway Park, but it's an event at Fenway Park. Like you think, take take me out to the ball games, big yeah. at baseball. No. Well, I mean, it, Sweet Carolina at Fenway Park is unbelievable. I think Sweet Carolina anywhere is unbelievable. Wow. Uh, there's a there's a fighter by the name of Darren Till who fights out of England, and his walkout song is Sweet Caroline. And his last fight, he actually fought in his home soil in England, and uh, the, the entire crowd was singing the song when he was walking out. It's pretty cool. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I feel like if Sweet Caroline comes on, man, like obviously the. National Anthem's number one, where if you hear that, you got to respond, you got to stand up, put your hand across your heart, do all that. But Sweet Caroline's number two, where if you hear that, you got to respond. And uh, you also, a lot of baseball parks still do uh, God Bless America, too, Yep. Um, in the later innings. But Sweet Caroline Fenway Park is pretty awesome. Looks like the Bulls might be uh, Bulls school. Nope, they didn't get a run on that one. Uh, put a quarter in the merry-go-round. The bases are loaded for the Bulls school here. <laughs> I like that. And uh, five to four. Bulls leads as we go back and forth here against Providence in a big-time high school baseball game in Jacksonville today. Action Sports Chats on ESPN 690, live on the road once again. It's what we do. We'll be at the Jacksonville Iceman game tomorrow night. So let me get back to Shad Khan, as he mentioned, 25 more years in Jacksonville. That's good stuff to hear uh, from Shad Khan. Let's hear more from Shad Khan, the Jacksonville Jaguars owner, uh, right now. And let's hear about well, who did we have in yesterday? All Elite Wrestling. Before we get to the football stuff, how about the idea that Tony Khan came up to and said, Hey, Dad, what do you think about this? <laughs> <laughs> Here's Shad Khan talking about this new organization, All Elite Wrestling, that he's supporting. 
You know, the way he pitched it to me uh, was uh, that the talent in wrestling that's out there, I think what makes a successful league, for example, uh, talent and money. The talent's out there, and if we can support them and really uh, have a sport, event, entertainment, uh, fans would be out there, I think. And so far, it's proven out to Oh, there you go, on the All Elite Wrestling. Uh, it, it's interesting to hear him talk about it. It's like, hey, I, it's almost like I, I kind of signed off on it. I get it. Yeah. Like, I understand it. Yeah. But uh, Tony's going to have, have fun with this thing. No, and for Tony, sure. And uh, Tony, by all accounts, doing a good job with it. Well, and Tony's a giant wrestling fan, too. Uh, there's actually an interview with him with Chris Jericho on a podcast. I listened to a little bit of it. And Tony knows his history, and uh, he knows how to run the business, I feel like. So, um not to say Shad knows what's going on. I mean, I think it was the fact where, hey, hey, Dad, I want to start this thing. Here's the here's the talking points. Here's the PowerPoints. All right, son, take this money and go have fun. I mean, it <laughs> might be as simple as that. Yeah. But um, it, it is interesting. It kind of feels like that from the outside. You yeah. know, it's more of an investment. No, right? of course. Uh, on the inside. Course. But um, I think you know, and, and Shad kind of mentioned a little bit where it's just about the talent, and the money, and I definitely agree with that when it comes to wrestling. But I think a, a close third would be the fan interaction. Um, I think that's why the Young Bucks have stapled themselves as one of the best tag teams in the world right now is because they have their Being the Elite YouTube series. They interact with their fans. The fans can go on the journey with them, and that's something that the other companies have not been able to do for whatever reason. So I think with the fan interaction and just um, you know almost being personal, watching their journeys unfold right before your eyes, that's where All Elite Wrestling has their advantage. And if they can get a, a TV company to agree to that and let them do their thing, not like the USA Network with the other stations sometimes where they have to censor themselves out. If they can be themselves and what they've been doing, that's what people like, I think they have something special. Yeah, and again, TNT, TBS, rumors out there that there this could end up... Uh, and they're not rumors? No, 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 no. I said, oh. yeah, no, I said yes, they are rumors. But <laughs> I thought you were saying basically it's a done deal. But Oh, no, no. It's definitely rumors. But I think the big thing with the TNT and the TBS is if they can let Kenny Omega and Jericho just be themselves. Yeah, because yeah. the problem what wrestlers have is... A lot of their characters, they have to be censored. They have to be controlled because, you know, the FCC controls that. So I think uh, You if, might uh, have the same issues. Well, I think if it can be a little more lenient. I mean, they're going to have issues regardless. But if you can be a little more lenient, I think that's where they're going to shine. Let's hear more from Chad Khan, the Jaguars owner from today's State of the Franchise. And we get to talk to him after that. So if you watch the State of the Franchise, there was more to it after with Mark Lamping and also Chad Khan. And uh, here's his thoughts on the game day experience and the vision of the stadium and TIAA Bank Field and watching a football game here in Jacksonville. You know, if you look at it in the last six years, we said, okay, we need to get the game day experience up, okay? Whether it was the pools, uh, the scoreboards, boom, you know, that happened. Then we need local revenue, we need people coming in, the dailies place. That happened, but in fairness, I mean, the city participated, uh, but, you know, we got it done. So I'm used to that you have a vision, we believe in it, you've got to get all the stakeholders in and get it done. You just can't talk about it. Um, uh, this has been a little bit slower, uh, and yeah, you could say a little bit frustrating, but uh, uh, you know, I think you know, we're as determined as ever. Well, there's Shot Khan talking about this this vision that they have, Lot J, downtown. And, and I actually had asked him a question that led to that answer of, are you getting impatient? Because I really sensed a level of impatience from Jaguars president Mark Lamping today that he was, I think they were a little frustrated, a lot frustrated with the whole JEA decision. 
to not go there. They kind of thought that was working their way to Lot J, which would, by the way, what's the significance from a – Again, I don't know from a sports standpoint, but the significance down there to growing downtown is you have 800 employees that now go and live and work and, and, well, potentially live, but definitely work and eat and utilize whatever else you build there. So you want people that are working downtown and working in this area. So the loss of JEA to a different part of the city certainly impacts the view of this uh, to to some, but the Jags are saying, well, we're going, we're marching on, and we want to get things done. And I agree with Mark Lamping. He said the time is now. I couldn't agree more, but you did sense, I did at least, sense a frustration to a degree from Khan and Lamping and saying, let's go, we've been proposing this stuff. Let's get this stuff going. We're, we're moving, but we're moving too slow. Shad Khan's a guy that really likes to move. He doesn't want to stand still. He said that time and time again. Let's listen to Mark Lamping now, Kuz, if we can, about trying to get this thing started. And you can probably sense the, well, the frustration perhaps in his voice. In order for us to get started, and we're prepared to get going, well, the Jaguars and the Cordish companies are prepared to go forward um, as soon as we get an agreement, with, with the, first with the mayor's office and then through to the city council. We're, we, we have not been at this point yet, but we're here now. I'm confident, given the mayor's agenda and belief in having downtown grow and have it be uh, significantly more desirable for people to work, for people to, to live, and for people to visit, that as long as we focus on their shared goals, I have no doubt that, that we'll reach an agreement. And then it'll be up to the city council to, uh, to hopefully ratify that. Well, there you go. Mark Lamping pretty much laying out the steps that would happen. He later told me that it would probably be a 24- to 30-month process mm-hmm. once they did this. And that's on top of or it can work simultaneously. But the heart bridge coming down, that, that uh, or at least being lowered, uh, would probably would be an 18-month project that's scheduled to start. And that's on schedule for January. Unless the Jags make the playoffs, they'd have to push it back a few weeks. But then on top of this, this whole Lot J thing, I said, hey, if you put a shovel in the ground, what are you done? And uh, 24 months, so I would say probably 24 to 30 months because we know some things always get a little slower than even anticipated. But you're talking now at downtown Jacksonville and that Lot J area and, and looking out into the to the river and Metropolitan Park in the next two to three years is significantly looking different. And I think that's a cool vision. <laughs> I understand there's a lot of things that have to take place before that, but I love the idea of it, and I think you could stand in that Lot J where so many people park for a Jags game. You could stand on the uh, upper decks of TIAA Bank Field in two to three years, and you see something totally different across the landscape of downtown Jacksonville. It has to happen. I'm a big believer that it has to happen. And and you mentioned that Shad sounded a little frustrated, and same thing with Lamping, and I think that's a result of, you know, Shad has this vision. I mean, when he, when he came to Jacksonville, he had a vision of how he wanted this whole thing to turn out, and that was to be successful. And he has a vision of how the city, how he wants to, I guess, craft it in his own image and everything. And he can throw the money at it, and he can, you know, get, get the city to help fund it. But if other people don't play ball, it doesn't matter how much influence you have. It doesn't matter how much money you have. If the, if the other sides don't play ball and if the cogs don't fall into motion and start turning those wheels, um, it's, it's all for nothing. So I think that's where some of the frustration is stemming from because Khan knows there's only so much he can do. I mean, other people have to get on board and play ball as well. And unfortunately, um, you know, I mean, we'll see what happens in the future, but right now it doesn't appear that everyone's on board. All right, let's get back to the football talk, and we're going to take a break in just a moment. But before we do that, I'm going to send you a close to break. We're hearing from Mel Kuyper today on uh, Stephen A. Smith show. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Uh, Mel Kuyper with Stephen A. Smith right before our show this mm-hmm. afternoon. 
And as I'm listening to it, I caught him t- talking tight ends, Hawkinson, okay. Jacksonville. Really? And so I want you to listen to this, and that will set us up to finish off the show, talking a little bit about the draft, which is a week away. And I also want one final comments to catch people up on this whole Coughlin calling out Jalen Ramsey and Telvin Smith. But before we do all that, let's listen from Mel Kuyper on Stephen A. Smith uh, earlier today. I haven't found one individual that thinks there's a better tight end in, in the draft than T.J. Hawkinson out of Iowa. Is that true? T.J. Hawkinson made a very wise decision leaving Iowa as a third-year sophomore and first-time contributor at a high level. Noah Fant was supposed to be the guy. He outproduced Noah Fant. He's the guy. Jacksonville at 7, Detroit at 8, Buffalo at 9, Denver at 10, Green Bay at 12 are all thinking tight end. You couldn't have scripted it any better for T.J. Hawkins. I said, if he studies the draft, he looks like he did. And maybe he didn't, but he looks like he did. Mm. He picked the perfect year as a tight end who produced and tested good enough to come out into the draft, like you say, as, a, as an underclassman with all those teams in the top 12. I just mentioned all those teams. You've got about 7, 8, 9, 10, and 12 all looking at tight ends. Uh, there you go, Mel Kuyper, uh, draft expert on Stephen A. Smith just about an hour before our show here on ESPN 690, talking about the Jags and tight end. He brought up an interesting thing, though, hidden in that comment that we haven't talked about probably enough. We'll take you there, and Tom Coughlin calls out Jalen Ramsey and Telvin Smith. The final thought on that as we wrap up a show from the Bowl School here. The Bulldogs and Providence Stallions locked in a pretty good baseball game on a beautiful day in Jacksonville. We're live on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Oh, the Bowl School has broken it open. Here in the fourth inning, now scored seven runs. It was tied 4-4, and now it's 11-4. Bowles has uh, broken the game open. I think we've seen three home runs in this game, if not four. Uh, we are kind of blocked by some, but uh, yeah. but that's okay. They they paid to get in. <laughs> Looks like Bowles has some more ducks in the pond right now as oh, well. Oh, burgers on the grill. Burgers on the grill, ducks in the pond. Very good. Yeah. I like it. I'm starving now. Thank you, Brent. <laughs> By the way, you did go over to the concession stand. Yeah, I got turned down because they don't take cards. You so. need cash? I got some. It's all good, man. I'll buy for I'll you. I'll just wait. It's all good. I'm, I live like 10 minutes away. so I'll be like your agent again. I front you the money. <laughs> did your Give agent front you anything? No. Uh, well, no, they didn't front me anything, but they put me up in a nice uh, residence in Pensacola when I was training for the combine. That's right. I think you told us that. Yeah. Right on the beach. All right. That's yeah. good. That's not a bad life for, yep. for a little bit. Me and Sam Bradford going to Subway every single day, just hanging out. Yeah, very good. What do you say Josh Rosen just said? Josh Rosen said that, uh, I don't want to misquote him here, um, he said that it's annoying the way, he understands that the game is a business, and it definitely respects the higher-ups and their decisions, but it's annoying with what's going on right now with him. Yeah. Well, so, I don't know. Fair enough. <laughs> I think it's annoying. Would, it's not even going on with me, and I find it annoying. Anybody would be annoyed in <laughs> this situation, I think, if I was Josh Rosen. Hey, uh, Coos, let's give away some Monster Jam tickets. This time we will go caller number three for uh, uh, Babe Ruth. Fair enough. That? Baseball, Babe Ruth. Hopefully my wife is calling in because my son would love to go to that. All right. Uh, Monster Jam in Orlando. We'll give away some tickets. Call number three, 904-362-9901. 904-362-9901. Monster Jam coming up in Orlando, the World Finals uh, in uh, the middle of the month. Go check it out, Camping World Stadium, and you can win tickets right now, and maybe you just did. 
904-362-9901. I love, uh, you know, we have the feed. And we're live. We just told some folks. We're like, hey, uh, they're like, do you want us to move? I said, I don't care if you move. They said, but you are on video, so be careful yeah. what you do. And they just, oh, we're on video. So who knows what they did the whole Uh-oh. last hour and a half. But I love what we got a couple of comments. I'm Sonny sweating. Thinkman says, hey, Austin, get t- got tickets to AEW for my son and me today. Can't wait. Uh, yeah, congratulations. I actually, so it was crazy. Uh, they opened up at 9, o'clock, uh, 9 a.m. on Ticketmaster, and... Uh, it was a crap show trying to get tickets. I mean, was it really? We, we were blocked out because me and my friends all did it, so we had a chance to get the best seats. And we were blocked out for a good seven minutes because the site crashed. How about that? So thankfully we got Man. some tickets, but not in the most People uh, are excited selection. about it. Dude, good for them. That's yeah. good. Yeah. I like it. Uh, and uh, then I think Lewis. Uh, let's just go by Lewis. Lewis says, there is a spider on you. Seriously? You didn't say it like right now. It's probably gone, or I might have eaten it. I don't it's probably know. Probably in my ear now. Thank you. But yeah, you, you think you, sometimes we forget we're on video too. I mean, I might oh, pick I, my nose three times a show and not even know it. I mean, I'm sweating so hard right now. Like, I, I apologize to anybody that can see me in high definition because it, it's so <laughs> Brent for whatever reason put us in the hottest spot in the whole well, ballpark. It is, but look at that shot. It looks beautiful. I'm like a photographer today. The shot <laughs> looks good because where the sun is in the appropriate position. Like when we went to sneakers that day, yeah. we we're in a tough spot because oh, we we're in the dark. You know. We'll just, and, being like on top of like a, of a bar and people are next to it, it's it, it's stressful. Yeah, but that was fun. It's just it was the lighting wasn't good. The lighting yeah. here is fantastic, whether we sweat or not. Yeah. Well, I was just like I was worried about being loud to everybody because people are trying to enjoy their beverages and I'm sure have conversations. And here I am talking about God knows what, but it's all good. I just played uh, Mel Kiper on Stephen A. Smith before we went to break, and I said, "All right, T.J. Hawkinson talk. It looks like he's got him above Noah Fant, but he brought something up that we haven't discussed enough." He brought up like four or five teams in the top 12 or 13 that might be interested in yeah. a tight end. And yeah. what what got my attention there is, okay, he mentioned Jacksonville. He mentions the Lions. He mentioned Green Bay. He mentioned he might have mentioned Denver. I forget the other team. But he definitely mentioned like four teams in the top 12, if mm-hmm. not a fifth, that all have interest in tight end. And the thought there is like, okay, well, so the Jags don't get a tight end at seven, or everybody's thoughts around here is they move back and trade back, and maybe around 15, 16, 17, they get one of these guys. Well, what if there's a run on tight ends with all these teams interested? Yeah, he mentioned the Broncos, and I didn't think the Broncos were really, I mean, anybody wants a good tight end, but I think the Broncos are trying to, sh- you know, shore up their offensive line a little more, and they, they've invested in the tight end position the last couple of years. They got Jake Butt from Michigan. Um, who's been, you know, having some injury history. So he mentioned the Broncos, and he mentioned the Packers as well. I mean, Brent, we talked about it. We think that Irv Smith is going to be the third tight end taken. He's probably going in the first round. So in that case, it doesn't really matter. I mean, in my opinion, if the Jaguars don't get a tight end in the first round, then they're going to miss out on the premium, you know, the tier one tight ends, if you will, and have to settle for maybe a, a tier two, which tells you uh, he, he, he could be a backup. He's not going to be a bona fide starter right away. In my opinion, there's three bona fide starters. you got Hawkinson, you got Fant, and you got Irv Smith. And that's it. And I understand you're saying it's a deep uh, deep draft in tight ends, and you can get your guy maybe in the third or fourth round. Well, if you get your guy in the third and fourth round, you're getting maybe a, a Forrest Monroe from LSU, or you're going to get a, a Josh Oliver, uh, one of the guys I really like, from San Jose. Is it San Jose State? I think, yeah, San yes, Jose State. Yes. Um, which is great, but those guys are slated right now. Uh, yeah, according to guy. every single scout, they're backups. Yeah, they're not starters. And if you look at what the, the Jaguars have right now on their roster, um, 
I assume Swain's going to be the starting tight end as of now. More of a blocking guy from what I've read on him. Haven't heard too much about him in the receiving game. It makes you nervous if you're a Jaguars fan. I don't think Nick Foles is making the draft pick here. But I can tell you this. There was a heavy influence from Nick Foles to get Chris Conley here to Jacksonville. Mm -hmm. Heavy influence. As soon as he signed. That happened like two days later. And so there was this heavy influence from the quarterback. There's, did did what, you watch the press conference? Did, yeah, did he, you see him talk he, about the tight he, end? He mentioned the tight end. He wasn't talking about, well, I hope we can get a good bona fide right tackle. <laughs> yes. Do you think if, when Nick Foles came here, you think the first question in his mind was, well, what kind of right tackles we got on the team right now? Yeah. That's what I'm worried about. No, Nick Foles is worried about weapons. I guarantee uh, when he came to Jacksonville, he's like, what are we going to do to get weapons here? Receivers, tight ends. That was the first conversation. Yeah. By the way, we have some serious sign-making going on over here. Oh, These what, what guys got? are outstanding. I don't think I'm supposed to say it's like a secret, but what I really want them to do is make an ESPN 690 sign. Yeah. I mean, let's, we got to do this. Seeing how this I, was, I was kind of slacking the whole day. Did you even whiteboard. do a whiteboard today? No, I didn't bring a marker. And by the way, sh- this nice lady has way better handwriting than you. I so. mean, go ahead and hurt my feelings, Brent. Sorry, man. I, I'm, I'm trying to get a sponsorship deal here for the whiteboard, and you're making fun of my handwriting. Well, if now. you could do calligraphy, we probably would have one. But, <laughs> uh, that's as simple as that. All right, last thought. Tom Coughlin, we started the show. We talked about the sh- several times on the show today. Go back and listen if you need to on the Action Sports Shacks ESPN 690 podcast. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch, uh, all the video forms. Um, Tom Coughlin essentially called out Jalen Ramsey and Telvin Smith today. To the point where the NFLPA, without mentioning Coughlin, reminded everybody that these are voluntary workouts. What's the fallout? Anything, or is this just a one-day story? No, I think there might be some fallout, especially the, the players involved in the fallout. When you're talking Jalen Ramsey and Telvin Smith, Jalen Ramsey is a proud individual. Um, Jalen Ramsey has an ego, and, and I say that with respect, and I say that in a matter of saying if he has an ego, that means he believes in himself, and he's one of the best players that the Jaguars have, if not the best player. So if you call him out, I'm not saying there's not going to be any re- repercussions because Jalen Ramsey has been a little more silent on social media. He has been a little more silent uh, in the magazine articles and whatnot, but they also have pride, and Talvin Smith's the same way. Talvin Smith's the vocal leader of that defense. He's coming off a season where it wasn't his best, but he also has pride. And anytime you put guys to the fire and you back guys in a corner, guys are going to bite back and uh, have something to say. So I'm curious to see where this goes going forward. We're talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars. The biggest thing this past season was chemistry, was leadership. Yeah, it's, it's, sure they're off to a good start. It's not a good start right now. All right, I hope you get the job as a net getter. I'm tweeting it out right now, your video and, and your new job yes. with the Jacksonville Iceman. Good luck to them. $2 beers tonight. Go check them out. We'll be at the Iceman game tomorrow from 3 to 6 on ESPN 690. By the way, Let's go thanks Iceman. to Bowles for having us out here. Bowles leads 11-4 in the bottom of the fifth. Check, us, check out all the highlights. CBS 47 and Fox 30. We'll see you on TV later tonight. Insight and perspective. You can only get playing the game. I think you have a lot left to give. I'm not just saying that because you were former teammates, but I've trained yeah. with you, man. I've seen you in, I've seen you in action, so I'm, uh, I'm sending you good vibes. Wish you all the best. Austin Lane, every afternoon from 3 till 6 p.m. on Action Sports Jacks. Nine wins is the over-under right now. I, I can't remember the last time the Browns have been in the upper third of the league as far as that's concerned. Hey, it's Mike Golick from Golick & Wingo. Weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. This is ESPN 690.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.